Welcome to Adventure Rider Radio Raw, a roundtable-style spin-off from Adventure Rider Radio that we do each month about motorcycle travel. And on this episode of Raw, episode 91, the seven wonders of motorcycle travel across the United States. This is going to be a lot of fun. But before we get going, I want to give a shout out to some people who helped the show incredibly this past month with support of $50 or more for Adventure Rider Radio and Raw. Here we go. Ines Korbanka, Jim Hack, Michael Nesbitt, Philip Baker, Scott Hauk, John Richer, Keith Rapstead, and John Sirabassi from Emmaus Moto Tours. Thank you all so much. Hey, thank you very much for listening to the show. It is built on a model of advertising listener support. So if you'd like to support, we would really appreciate it. Anything $10 or more gets you Adventure Rider Radio stickers. Anything $50 or more gets you a shout out like you just heard me do here on our Raw show. Raw comes out the 21st of every month. Now here we go. Adventure Rider Radio Raw for August 2023. Ready to go? We're ready to go. Yep. Yep. All right. Yep. Recorded live from the Canoe West Media Studio deep in the wild forests of North America, this is Adventure Rider Radio Raw, roundtable discussions about motorcycles, travel, and anything else that crosses our mind, completely unscripted, raw, and personal. My name is Jim Martin, and today the virtual roundtable afforded through the magic of the internet. I am joined by my regular esteemed Overland co-host, and we have someone else as well. But first, let's start off with who we expect to hear from here. Sam Manicom is back in the UK after a, well, a, quite a trip around the US. Hello, Sam. Hi, everybody. Yeah, too right. I'm just back in the UK, so I've been back in for about 36 hours now. And my first thought when I got here was, people are driving on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> well, you did well, get to. I mean, I've been away for nine weeks and it was just so, 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 you know, I just absolutely got used to um, driving on the other side there. So it does look quite strange here. But you are right. They yeah, are driving on the wrong side of the road and it's, it's a They're, problem. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Brits have got it completely wrong and, mm-hmm. and so have their ex colonies. But moving rapidly on, I tell you what, what a wonderful journey this has been. Um, the USA and its people have been incredibly kind to me. And I've been lucky enough to visit um, six states that I've not been to before. So the route took me through Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, Minnesota, South Dakota, a little bit of Wyoming, Nebraska, Iowa, Indiana, um, and Pennsylvania before then dropping back down into um, Virginia. But my one regret is that I didn't manage to explore um, Wisconsin um, or a little bit. uh, That bug got in the way. But um, today I have been at my nephew's wedding, which has been great fun. Um, and I've been just back in time in the UK for that. And I'd like to wish Joel and Emily an absolutely wonderful life together. These two are absolutely brilliant fun. And I, I bunked off early so that I wouldn't miss out on you guys. Um, Birgit is still there dancing the night away. That's very nice of you, Sam. Well, we certainly appreciate you taking off and, and coming over. And that explains that the sound, I can hear it in your voice. It sounds like you're wearing a very bright, maybe a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> I surely am. Yeah, my nephew, um, he's into Hawaiian shirts. So everybody has turned up wearing Hawaiian shirts tonight. I think it's going to be Hawaiian shirts and, and sun, uh, sunglasses too, because it's going to be very bright in there. Um, but uh, with a bit of luck, I shall scoot back and, and, and join in. But I wasn't going to miss out on the show, not if I could possibly help it, because I would miss you guys. Wow. That's very and nice. And we'd miss you. We'd miss yeah. you too. Yeah. We'd be the same. Yeah. Grant Johnson is in British Columbia. Hello, Grant. Hello, everybody. It's good to be back here. It's, I've been looking forward to it for a while. It's just kind of 
sitting down with friends and talking, chatting, discussing just about anything under the sun, it seems like we get into this thing. Uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be back. Shirley Hardy Ricks and Brian Ricks are in Australia. Hello to the both of you. Good morning. Yes, good morning. Yep, good morning, good morning. It poured with rain here last night, but yeah. now it's just grey. It was mm. raining, but, but we were still able to get a motorcycle out yesterday and go for a trundle. Took the old Triumph out and um, had a trundle on that. And on the weekend, um, took how many bikes did I take out? Sure. Four, I think. Four or four bikes. And... Um, do my little 100-kilometre uh, loop on each of them. So, yeah, it's been wonderful, wonderful weather. <laughs> Did a ride up to Canberra through the mountains, 925 kilometres in the day, mostly twisty roads. Fantastic. Just by myself and just uh, getting out in, and enjoying the, the, the curves and the day and beautiful blue sky and a bit of snow on the, on the uh, mountains. And, yeah, it's wow. been even though it's wintertime over here, it's not bad riding weather. Sounds and, great. And um, the world is confused down here because all the daffodils and jonquils are out in our garden, even though it is still theoretically winter. So we fear that it's going to be a very long, hot, dry, dangerous summer Ooh. here, like the Northern Hemisphere has been having. That's not good. Yeah. Brian, I'm curious, no. do, you, do you have any hobbies? What do you do in your spare time? <laughs> Driving me crazy uh, is one. Oh, yeah, I believe that. Michelle, motorcycling, motorcycling, and motorcycling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Michelle Lampfair is in the Black Hills of South Dakota. Michelle, hello. Hello, everybody. Yeah, I'm uh, calling in from home in South Dakota with the Sturgis Rally having um, been obviously all the talk and all the activity in my neck of the woods. So yeah, busy, busy. So I hate to sound completely unplugged, but is that over? Uh, No, not yet. It's actually um, just about to be, but we're in the midst of it. And we've had really kind of soggy, very unseasonably cool weather here. So there have been some uh, unhappy, grumbly, soggy bikers rolling around in this part of the country. Mm, yeah, not what you yeah. not what you hope to have for something like that. D- does no. that affect attendance? You know, I think it does. I, I know that some of the numbers may have dropped off a little bit as far as attendance, some cancellations. I luckily didn't have any of that. Um, I've seen lots of, you know, happy faces despite the weather and people being troopers and showing up and camping and riding in the rain and making the most of it, which is, you know, what, what motorcycling's about. Yep. I guess you just have to put up with that. <laughs> we do sometimes, don't yeah. we? We do. Well, last December, 2022, we did an episode called The Seven Wonders of the motorcycle travel world, where we took a whole bunch of nominations for the best travel routes by motorcycle or the best routes, routes by motorcycle in the world. And then we argued it down until we got to the seven, which we thought were the seven best in the world. It's a pretty significant list and it went over very, very well. In fact, it wasn't long after that, that we got a letter from a fellow named Chris Mankin. And Chris asked, his message is, after listening to the latest Raw episode about making the list of the seven wonders of the motorcycle world, it got me to thinking, would it be possible for the group, for the group to build a list for the US and Canada? I would be interested to see what the group picks. Well, thank you very much, Chris Mankin, for that the message that you sent in, because we were already thinking that too. We, we got thinking, well, if we can do this for the world, why don't we even break this down further? But you really prompted us to do this. So here we are. Today, we're doing 
the seven wonders of motorcycle travel across the United States. These are United States routes or routes only. Now, they, I, I'm not sure if we, we mentioned one in the first one from the States. I kind of don't think we did, but if we did, it could certainly come up again as a route. It's not, nothing's excluded is what I'm saying. Our rules are it just has to be an amazing route or route, and it has to be especially amazing when ridden on a motorcycle. So you guys have done all this, correct? Yes, yeah, sort of. Right. <laughs> okay. After a session. So what we want to do is what I'm thinking here is, is we do this maybe in three rounds. And, and the way we can break this up is we can say, okay, let's, let's do the ones that would fit into day trips, then into weekend trips, and then into multi-day trips. Now, it doesn't really matter because it's going to go, you know, they're all going to be mixed in. The seven will be seven regardless whether they're all day trips or a mixture of everything or all multi-trips or, or a mixture of everything. It doesn't matter. But it's a good way for us to, to sort of narrow this thing down. So um, what we'll do is if you can, if, if each of us can just jot down a person's suggestion, just the name as we go, that'll help us keep, keep track of things easier as we go. At the end of each round, we can look and see if somebody wants to second their choice. We're going to do the same thing as last time. If you want to second someone else's choice, you think it's a good idea, you have to forfeit one of your own. That's going to help us whittle this down. We're going to keep whittling it down until right. we get seven. All right. Does anyone not understand what we're doing? No, but go ahead anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle and I'll muddle that wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I okay, learned, I'm I learned as I go. <laughs> Let's begin with, um, with what might fit into day trips. Michelle, do you have some day trip choices? Oh, gosh. Um, well... Yes, sort of, I guess. So, let me just let me just preface this by saying, because I'm the American in the bunch, I feel a, a huge weight of responsibility of choosing roads because I think the United States, we're blessed with an enormous amount of land and all sorts of landscapes, mountains, coastal roads, uh, desert, spectacular riding, off-road, on-road. We're very blessed. So lots of things to choose from. I actually found, as I made a list, uh, something in every single state. I've ridden in all the lower 48. I've been to all 50 um, and done other roads like in Alaska and Hawaii in the Jeep or what have you. But anyway, there, there are just so many roads to choose from. So yes, I've got, you name it, I can pick something for you. So um Having said that, I would say a day ride. Um, oh my gosh, I'm going to say the Pacific Coast Highway. And that's an awful lot of road to squeeze into one day. But I rode from Santa Cruz down to Los Angeles as a day ride one time. Um, so it's, it's a big section of road to tackle in a day. And there's more of it on the other ends of, of the section that I did. But you can make a hell of a really good ride in a day on the Pacific Coast Highway. Okay. Well, and what's what's so significant about it? Why? Um, so it's, it's known as California One. It actually runs right along the coast. So it, you're perched on cliff edges in a lot of places. Um, you go over just really beautiful landscapes, sandy beaches down by Los Angeles, and you climb up into the mountains and the rockier coast as you move your way north uh, towards like Santa Cruz and towards San Francisco. You go over the Bixby Bridge. If any of you are familiar with that, it's seen in a lot of movies. It's a stunning arched bridge um, over kind of a, a gap 
um, on the on the rocky coastline, but it's just a spectacular road. Very curvy, very twisty, lots of fun to ride. Okay, so that's one. Um, Sam, what about you? Do you have something that fits into day trips? I have several, actually. Um, the first one is the Million Dollar Highway, and this is located in Colorado. And um, the Million Dollar Highway is a 25-mile stretch of US 550, which runs through the San Juan Mountains, so south of Ure, um, Colorado, to Silverton, Ure. But the 25 miles is just part of the 236-mile San Juan um, Skyway, Scenic Byway. And I've ridden the lengths of this, and um, it's just, the scenery is spectacular. I think it's one of the most beautiful roads in the Rocky Mountains, and you're going to be passing through historic mining um, towns and national parks and forests and ski resorts area. Um, quite a few of the canyons are, are red rock, um, and there are hot springs and mountain peaks and so on. But the road itself is is really nice and twisty. Some of the sections um, are hairpin, and some of the sections have got really steep drop-offs, um, and it's only single um, single lane, and the, the road's so narrow that you've got no guardrails. Um, so you know you need to be able to pay quite attention. Um, some people say it's one of the most dangerous roads in North America, but. I think if you're using common sense and just taking it steady and you've got a good level of skill, then you're going to be actually fine on it. But I did um, a little bit of research um, because I'd seen this title, one of the most dangerous roads. There are actually an average of seven deaths a year on it. Um, but I don't know. Along the way, you're going to see um, the Coral Bank Pass at 10,000 feet and Molus Pass at 10,000 feet and Red Mountain Pass at 11,000 feet. Um, that it's it's a road that requires 100% attention and stopping to look at those magnificent views because there are too many bits where you don't want to be splitting attention. Um, I think the skill level, because most of it's um, asphalt, um, you know, with good paved sections um, and the dirt sections, which there aren't that many of, um, are fairly easy going. Um, so, yeah, it's a road that pretty much anybody could ride on anything, but with with full attention. I, I just thought it was drop dead gorgeous. Okay. Yeah. And I got a protest. That's already two of my favorites gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Grant, let's, let's take one from you. Um, give me a minute. I have to figure out what I want to do instead. <laughs> do you want me to come uh, back to you? Going to, uh, going to the Sun Road in Montana. Ah. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> yes, it's absolutely spectacular. Uh, it's one of the best motorcycling world roads in the entire world. Well, I don't know why we didn't get it in the last the last session for the top seven, but anyway, it's spectacular. Beautiful roads, excellent condition. There's only a bit of a problem. The traffic can be horrendous. Speed limit is limited. I forget what the speed limit is, but it's not, you know, a full-on normal speed limit. It's reduced, and it's full of um, motorhomes in the middle of summer. So don't do it in the summer. Do it in the spring or do it in the fall, and it's really, really good. Um, a lot of people just do the uh, going to the Sun Roads to St. Mary through Logan Pass, and that's fine. But you can do a really, really nice loop clockwise from St. Mary down to East Glacier Park to Nimrod up through Pinnacle and around to going to the Sun Road entrance. And that is 135 miles. And assuming you have to come from somewhere else, uh, 
to get there, it makes a really nice day ride. But spring and fall, not the summer. I've done it in the spring and I've done it in the summer. Don't do it in the summer. But it's spectacular. It's worth, it's absolutely worth the ride. If your only choice is to do it in the summer, well, do it for the scenery and don't think of it as a, <clears throat> shall we say, fun motorcycle road. Because it's, it's steep, nasty, like Sam was saying, paying attention, don't do stupid, don't ride too fast, and it's wonderful. It's absolutely beautiful. Okay. And I believe, um, Grant, it became so popular that you now actually you have, have to book. book. You have to book. Yeah. That's, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah. I just, that's yeah. right. I've forgotten that. The yes, other thing I was going to mention is it depends on the gear. A lot of times snow is on that road until even earlier mid-June. So you may only get a couple weeks of spring riding technically yeah. before summer actually shows up. But yeah, each year is different depending on the snowpack. And I think it was closed a bit this summer because of fires. Yeah. The weather just plays havoc on our favorite roads. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, Brian and Shirley, are you guys together on this one again? Um, uh, you go for a sure. Well, I've got one from Michelle's backyard, and it is only a little short one, and I know you mocked 16A last time, <laughs> but the um, the Badlands Loop Road. Ooh, nice. It is, yeah. um, it is a, a bit like going to the sun and that you can get stuck behind traffic, but if you do, the, um, the scenery is just awesome. But it's, uh, you know, it's nicely paved. It's nicely twisty where it needs to be. The scenery is amazing. And if you're in that part of the world, you can go to the Minuteman missile silo, which was just one of the most bizarre things that we've, we saw when we were in the States where you go into where they used to strap workers into their chairs. So if, if Russia dropped a nuclear bomb on America, they weren't knocked out of their chair before they could press the button and retaliate. It's very bizarre. And they actually have an unarmed missile in the silo that you can peer down on. But, the, but um, to ride through the Badlands Loop is just spectacular, and only little. How yeah, it's, how long? That's a nice. That's a nice. You're Sorry, an excellent tour guide. You're mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> 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 Apart from the fact I've got no idea how how long it is, but it took um, when we did it. It was about two hours. So I yeah. guess I don't know. I think that is, Michelle. As as a loop, I think it's probably something like sixty five miles. If you're just doing the loop from like the city of Wall down into the park and then back to close the loop, but yeah, sixty five seventy miles. But it's a national park, lower speed limit, and you want to stop a lot at the scenic overlooks and take photos. It's gorgeous, just gorgeous. And you could go to the most overrated tourist site in the world ever at the world the wall drugstore. It's not very good show. It's it's one of those places that I think you either love or you hate. Um I yeah. I mean I've heard quite a lot of hype about it and of course as you're riding towards it you see all of these um wonderful signs and what a brilliant marketing idea somebody had with that. Hey, every yeah. sign is different to the next and they they pop up in the quirkiest places, don't they? And I kind I of enjoyed it and I, I felt it it had earned being visited because somebody had gone to all of that effort. Um, and I spent um, a good couple of hours just wandering around in there, sometimes looking at the goods, but lots of time looking at the people and how they were reacting to the to the goods. Well, yeah, but I'll tell you what, we did, but I wanted to sit at the bar like you do in all the American TV shows and order something and have a piece of pie. There was no such thing. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> oh, no. oh, What's the point? <laughs> yeah. yeah, look, I, I've got to say, Michelle, that, that um, 
Pacific Coast Road is was one of my favourite roads, and particularly up in the north above San Francisco through the Redwoods. We actually stayed in a cabin up there for a week, didn't mm. we, and just rode up and down, up and down, up and down along that wonderful coastline. Um, it was when there was a cyclone that had um, hit Japan, and when you look down on the on the rocks, there was actually debris washed over from Japan, <laughs> wow. which um, I've, I found, you know, just wonderful part of the world. And I think for people who love American films, I reckon that road goes through Fort Bragg. Yeah. Yeah. Is that right, Michelle? Yeah. I think so, and, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And you've got Sam William Bispo, the, the crazy mm-hmm. That's a bit further south. south but, yeah. but that's that's well worth a visit if you just want to tour it through. Yeah, we know it carries a lot of traffic, but. I've gone a bit further south. You've, you've all seen to have stuck up in the north. I've gone down to Texas and uh, looked at the Twisted Sisters Road, which is 100 miles, about two to three hours. Um, it runs along um, the roads 335, 336 and 337. And, you know, it, it's a bit, got a bit of everything. You know, rolling hills, but it can get a bit tight and twisty in places. I don't know if any of you have been down there and, and done these roads, but um, you know, it, it takes you to little places like Fredericksburg, which we, we stayed there. We? we did, where they have German best German pancakes ever. Yeah, and it, it goes through Lookenbach, where and everybody, is somebody, somebody in Lookenbach. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's a it's a song for those of you who don't know. We'll get Sam to sing later. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no. Send me the words. Another problem. Uh, and they played two kinds of music there: country and, and western. western. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. But no, seriously, it, it's uh, it's a nice cruisy road. Um, it can be a little challenging at times, but you've got to remember. Uh, uh, way down in Texas, um, a lot of the roads aren't fenced, uh, so you might come around a corner and find a big bull standing right in the middle of it. So be a little bit careful. Um, yeah, so that's that's my short route down deep south in Texas. These are Twisted Sisters. Twisted Sisters, okay, all right. Excellent. So now we've we've got one from from each. Hmm, I'm wondering we should just go to weekend. Grant, Oh, what? What? You gave, I gave one. No, Grant, Grant gave one. Yeah, going to the sunroom. Oh, yeah, of course you did. Yep. No, I'm sorry. I, I could modify the Pacific Coast Highway one. I like far north. Yeah. We actually held a yeah, yeah, event yeah. in Petrolia, which is way up north. But you can yeah. go off 101 at Garberville, go west to Shelter Cove. It's a beautiful little diversion. And north to Honeydew on Kings Peak Road, which I thought, Kings Peak Road, what a name. And you keep going past Petrolia, and there's, there's a million twists and turns on this road. There's even a little short patch of gravel on it for interest. Uh, and then it goes north on Matol Road, which isn't a highway by any stretch of the imagination. It's just a little tiny road, no traffic at all. Uh, and you end up near Fernbridge for a total of about 100 miles. You're close to the coast instead of the inland route on 101. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, if you did the inland route on 101 it's 50 miles where you take this nice little diversion and it's 100 miles it's just lovely <laughs> oh and by the way uh google says that garberville to Fernbridge on 101 is 50 minutes 50 minutes the more interesting route is three hours and 42 minutes oh, <laughs> nice. gives you an idea of how many turns <laughs> and a couple of nice spots on the beach too you're cheating you're looking at google 
<laughs> yeah. Is that well, allowed? I have to augment my memory. I still have <laughs> Okay. Well, yep. well, let's let's do the next round. We we can call this weekend trips. So we did the day trip, weekend trips. What fits into weekend trips? Um, I guess we we'll, we'll just go back in the in the order. Michelle, what have you got? Oh man, I I picked long roads. <laughs> okay, you know maybe that maybe that the, the putting them into weekend and day trips isn't going to work. Then maybe no, we'll no, just no, no, it's it's okay. I'll figure something out. But maybe you just have to ride faster. Slower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you're not going to see any. In that case, it's slower. We'll we'll call it a three day weekend trip for okay. me. Okay, <laughs> let's let's just rough it out there. Okay, sounds good. Um, I actually went to the East Coast and I love mountain roads and all the twisty opportunities that that presents for us. Um, So I chained together a group of roads, kind of riding the backbone of the Appalachian Mountains from Virginia down into North Carolina. And I did this about a decade ago. Um, And I, maybe it's a thing, maybe it was a thing back then, but at the time I felt like I had just sort of stumbled upon it. So starting with the Skyline Drive, which is the road that rides the ridgeline of the Appalachian through Shenandoah National Park. That's about 105 miles long. Um, You can do that, obviously, in a day, depending on how many bear jams, traffic jams caused by bears are going on in the park. Um, But 105 miles on Skyline Drive. And then right where that ends, very close to it, is the beginning, the northern terminus of the Blue Ridge Parkway. And the Blue Ridge Parkway is 469 miles. So that's where we, and it's slower riding, slower speeds, speed limits. Um, So this will have to be a three-day weekend. (laughs) (laughs) But at the southern end of that, you can actually add in something like the Cherahala Skyway. There's a number of roads because you're getting down into the heart of Western North Carolina, the border between North Carolina and Tennessee. So Cherahala Skyway, the Foothills Parkway, uh, Deals Gap, which is the tail of the dragon, the Rattler. There's any number of roads down in that part of the world. It's kind of a little jackpot. But along the way, um, from the northern part of the road, uh, as I said, Skyline Drive, um, all the way south, there's all these incredibly interesting historic locations that are part of, you know, America's history, like Harper's Ferry um, and Monticello, the home of Thomas Jefferson. So many other things to uh, see along the way. It's a paved road. It's not difficult. Lots of curves can be uh, filled with traffic, but uh, well worth it. So I'm calling this the Appalachian Chain. Appalachian. Oh, yep. yeah. yeah. I hadn't hooked them together, but I had the Terra Hall of the Blue Ridge and um, all the rest of it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. That's good. I like this. Okay. So, so now we're going to bring in, I did mention we had a guest, we had a technical issue. Well, we have no idea what happened there. Maybe Mike went for a ride. I have no idea, but <laughs> this is Mike Fitterling from Road Dog Publications. Hello, Mike. Hello. At least the break gave me time for another pint. <laughs> so, so what did you have to do? Did you have to take the the uh, the mice out of the the wheel and throw in some more mice to keep it going? Or yeah, that's about how old this computer is. So yeah, um, sometimes I just have to restart it. Takes forever. So right. sorry. Right. No. No. No worries at all. Okay. Well, um, Mike. Now I I think you you sort of have a rough idea of who's here. Does everyone know Mike? I mean, maybe we should do some. Maybe we should just introduce here, Mike. We've got Sam Manicom. We've got Grant Johnson. Hello. Hey. Welcome. 
Shirley Hardy Ricks and Brian Ricks. They're in Australia. Hi. Hiya, Mike. Michelle Lampfair is in the Black Hills of South Dakota. Hi, Mike. Hey. And, and of course, I'm here in Canada. Grant is also in Canada. And Sam is in the UK. So Mike has the uh, the publication company, Road Dog Publications. We talk about it um, sometimes on, on Adventure Rider Radio. He publishes books. Sam, you know Mike? Uh, very well. Hi, Mike. It's good to, good to have you on the show. Nice to see you. How's jolly old England? Um, absolutely splendid. I bought, apparently they've had a very wet summer here and I bought the sunshine back from the United States with me. Good boy. <laughs> now, now, Mike, as far as your riding goes, uh, maybe give a little synopsis of your enthusiasm for riding motorcycles. Well, you've got 15 um, seconds. Uh, 15 seconds. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just love to ride. Um, so far, it's been within Canada and the United States, although I've been other places not on motorcycles. Um, and I just like to keep moving and seeing new things, especially uh, things that a lot of people don't know about. Okay. And you've been riding for how long? Uh, oh, actually, only since 2009. Since 2009. Oh, what got you into riding in 2009? Well, I always wanted to ride since I was a kid, but I just could never make the dream happen. And I found an old 1968 CB350 in my father-in-law's shop that was under a pile of shipping blankets behind some exercise machines. And I asked him if I could get it started, see if I could get it to run. And that got me started. He, once I got it running, um, he gave me the title and... Uh, been uh, riding ever since. So trying to make up for lost time, I've probably got uh, 175,000 miles in since 2009. Mm, wow. Just fantastic. What a neat story. Mm -hmm. And you're riding, like, as you said, you got a lot of miles on there. It seems to me that every time I hear from you, you're doing another trip somewhere so across the U.S. or in the U.S. somewhere. Yeah, I, I travel a lot for the magazine I edit. So I'm going to a lot of their events. So probably a typical year, I'll ride 7,000 miles just to go to the, the VJMC events to cover them for the magazine. And then uh, lots of times I use this for jumping off points to go further. So after the event's done, I put away my camera and I take off. Hmm. Hey, Mike, you still haven't got that 350, have you? I've got one in my shed. I've actually got three in my shed. I wish. I, I cried when they hauled it away in a truck, but... It was at a time in my life I needed the money from it more than I needed the bike, and uh, so that's gone. But I've had a series of other vintage bikes. Uh, 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 I've had a CL200, yeah, uh, Suzuki Savage, the first year of those. Uh, Two fifty TS two fifty. Yeah, good much. Now I've got I've got a, um, a seventy one CB three fifty twin. Um, and two in parts, which hopefully one, will make one uh, from 72 plus uh, a um, 750 Honda K2 I've just finished, which looks pretty damn neat. Isn't it yeah. easier to talk about the bikes that you don't have, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I've got a bit of a problem. It's a Centurion BMW, and they want me to take Big Red, the travel bike, with 350000 on it. And they also want me to take the R90S that I've just finished building. So I'm not sure how I'm going to do that, and I hate trailering bikes. 
I just hate it. Well, you need another so rider. I, I need to find another mate who will ride one of my bikes. As if he's going to let trust. them ride the R90S. No, no, no. <laughs> no way. Well, I'm, I'm just thinking, put a trailer behind Big Red there with the R90S. Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> so um, anyway, so Mike, you you know what's going on here. I know you're you're coming in a little bit late here. We've we've only just started though. We've we've got some suggestions here. You've brought your suggestions as well. I've got three. Okay. Um, so whenever you're ready for those, well, I'll why don't we with. take your first one? And what we did is we we decided that well. I decided, and and I got Thank some you flack. For that and I got some <laughs> flack about this too. But I decided to break this down into talking about day trips, weekend trips, and multi-day trips for the only reason, none other than just trying to make this a little bit easier to do, to handle. I'm not sure as I've accomplished that at all. <laughs> but mm-hmm. in any case, so we, we did day trips. So do you have anything in there of your three that would fit into a day trip category? Yeah, actually, the first one I had um, is specifically that, and it's. Yeah, I don't think it's going to make the last list of seven wonders, but for me, it was one of my most memorable rides. Um, up in the Black Hills, Michelle, I'm sure, knows about this area. Between Sundance and Devil's Tower, there's another set of Black Hills up there. So a lot of people go down near near uh, Rapid City to the, the, the low Sturgis to those. But the northern ones are just filled with forest roads. And uh, I have to admit, I, I love riding off-road, but it intimidates me. So when I get it and, and I, I'm successful, it's very rewarding. But anyway, there's most people go to Sundance and take Highway 14 around to 24, go to Devil's Power all on pavement. But a few years ago, I decided at Sundance to take the Forest Roads, uh, Forest Road 100 to 101. I think I end up on 196. And it winds through all the Black Hills, um, up and down hills, past the radar station. And uh, it was just such a great feeling of accomplishment to come out, uh, out on the other side of that, having done that. And this was on my old T-100 Bonneville. Um, and uh, so the mountain riding is good, but it's not too challenging for somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience. But the reward is when you come out on 196 ahead of you directly ahead, when you hit the pavement again, is Devil's Tower. It's like a, a great picture right ahead of you. I mean, look across the street and there it is. And uh, so um, that's one of my favorite riding areas. Um, I want to go back out and discover some more in the northeast area of that. But uh very cool for those who like to get off pavement a little bit and who don't have a lot of experience. The, the roads are just the right amount of challenge. What, what do you call this? What's the name? Uh, I would say the four, the Northern Black Hills between Sundance and Devil's Tower. That's a long title, Mike. <laughs> yeah. I got to write these down. <laughs> Let's see. The uh, <laughs> Devil's Tower shortcut. I, don't I, I like that. I like that. That's, yeah. that's, I like it. Yeah. And, yeah. And Mike, I'm sitting here the whole time with a huge grin on my face. I'm so impressed that you were exploring some back roads. And it is, you're right. It's a beautiful place to ride and get off road. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so intimidated, but I love the idea. So every time I get a chance, I try to get off road. I don't have much of a chance in Florida because here we have sugar sand that has no bottom. And it's the most challenging thing to ride. So I tend to stay away. But when I get out west, 
where there's gravel and something hard below it, I like to try. And uh, the best part of that ride is just was so rewarding and such a nice thing at the end to to end up right at Devil's Tower. Um, Just love that area. Mike, the sugar sand, that you should be heading to that. I mean, because you find it challenging, that, that should be drawing you into it. Ride it, master it. <laughs> yes, I, I did. I used to do that. I'd go in the groves and, and try to ride on my CB350, but... Uh, I'm wrong, Mike. I've been playing with the idea of getting a little dual sport that's real yeah. light to do exactly yeah. that, actually. But... Uh, yep. Good choice. Yeah. So that would be my first one. Okay. Okay, so we got Devil's Towers, we're calling that. You're calling that. I've written down. Was there another word in there that I've missed? Devil's Towers? Shortcut. 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 Thank you. Okay, Devil's Towers, shortcut. Okay, we'll go back up to Michelle. Now we're talking about things that fit into maybe a weekend trip. Wait, you, yeah, we can, you just gave that. What was the title for yours? Mine is the Appalachian, Appalachian Chain. Chain. Okay, so, no, don't worry, I'm catching up now. Okay. Um, <laughs> Cheryl, Cheryl, what have you got for another one that maybe fits into weekends? Um, weekend, it's um, hmm. in Alaska, and it probably would do a weekend. It, um, it's the um, top of the world highway and the Taylor Highway, and they sort of take you from Toke, Alaska, you go up the Taylor, where you go through Ticken where you got laid, there's a big sign saying, oh, I got laid in chicken. And then you go from chicken onto the top of the World Highway, which is the most magnificent view because the road's really, really high. Funnily, that it is a high road. Why they call it top of the road, top of the world, I don't know. And you can look out over masses of beautiful countryside. Parts of it are gravel, but easy gravel. And we, oh, we did it too we up were, on the we 1200. Were, we no were drama. hooting along at, you know, 60, 70 mile an hour on the gravel. Were we? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes so it's, it's just as well. I don't know. It's fantastic. Really good. You know, right on the, right on the ridge before you, you wind down to and, the river. And it takes you down. I know we're not doing Canada, but it does take you. The, this road ends um, at the Yukon River. Where at a very wide, fast flowing point where you get onto a flat barge to go across the river, which in itself is fairly mm. exciting. Uh, and it, uh, it uh, ends in Dawson City where um, you need to drink the sour toe cocktail, but that's another story for another show right. when we do Canada. Cheryl, you're calling the. <laughs> but yeah, the Taylor Highway and the, the Taylor Highway and Top of the World Road. Top. Yeah, probably just Top of the World. What's that? Oh gosh! So hang know. on a second. I'm confused with the title here. So it's Top of the World Highway slash Taylor Road. The, the Taylor, Taylor Highway, Highway, which leads you to the top of the world road. Uh, I've I've only got so much eraser here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it, Jim. It's, okay. It'll be fine. It'll all work itself all right. out in the wash. All right, that's good. So Brian, do you know? Like, have you looked over Cheryl's picks already, or are you guys are you being surprised that she reads them? No, 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 no. It's it's in uh, it's embedded in our memory that particular road. It was a oh, great road, um, right. but we decided to go. And we did cheat. We did talk to each other about what roads we were going. I knew it. Yeah. And we didn't realise our homework had to be separate. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to do it together, and I thought, no, no. Well, okay. Well, you do north. I'll do south. And again, I'm staying in Texas because I just, um, or maybe it was because we just come out of Mexico, but. Um, some of the roads through there, and our, our good friend Ronnie Delord 
took us on some of the good roads and after we left him, we went down into the Bend National Park, which is um, – and it's, it's a good two days, I suppose, sure. Oh, it is. No, you could do two days. Just riding down into Ben National Park, which isn't what you'd call really tight, twisty roads with big, long sweepers and up and down hills. And you you are right on the Mexican border, on the river. Um, and I've got to say, if you go down to that part of the world, take your passport because you'll get pulled up um, by the uh, border, patrols. border patrols. And uh, there are um, dedicated spots where you have to stop. And they say, you got any Mexicans? Some wag said, do you got any Mexicans on board? Here we are, two up on a bike, you know. <laughs> what, in the pannier? But they were happy once we opened our um, visors and they could see who we were. And but Once, um, once we opened their mouths. Well, it's that true, I guess. Yeah. So what's but, the, what's uh, the it, name of this, Brian? Well, it's Big Bend National Park. Yeah. Okay. Your Big Bend National Park. And can I say, Jim, when we spent six months in South America and we crossed into Texas, words tumbled out of my mouth that I never thought I'd say. And I love Texas. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Texas, Texas is amazing. The Republic, as they call it, we really had a great time there. Yeah. Even though they reckon everything's big, uh, not as big as Texas, Texas, Texas could fit. Six times into Australia, but you know, I keep reminding him of that. <laughs> All has to be put in perspective. Sam, how about you <laughs> for the multi D one? No, no, hang on, sorry, for the weekend one. Yeah, I have a bit of problem with this because I did um, a bunch of um, day routes and um, I've got a couple of um, multi routes. So I don't have anything else that fits into the weekend. I've okay. got the same problem. Unless people exactly. want to stop a lot and drive quickly. Okay, do you want to just break for half an hour and then you go sort yourself out, figure out what's going to fit? No, we don't have to do that. I told you, it's not that important, Sam. We don't have to fit in these. Just pick Good. one of your multi-day ones. One of my multi-day ones. Oh, right. Okay. Um, which one shall I start with? Well, well don't start with I'm your gonna best. St- I'm going to start with one that I haven't actually done, but is very oh. firmly on my list of... I really want. Uh, well, actually, if Shirley's complaining, then I'll go for. Um, <laughs> no, you do it, Sam. You've never. My complaints have never stopped you in the past, so I don't know why it would today. <laughs> All right, I, I think that um, in the United States, um, and this isn't. Um, this is mostly dirt. The Great Continental Divide um, route needs to be yes. on the list. Yes. Um, yes. Canada to Mexico, or reverse. Um, let's say from um, Antelope Wells on uh, New Mexico up to Banff, um, Alberta. Um, so it goes through New Mexico, Colorado, Wyoming, Idaho, and Montana, and then up into British Columbia um, and Alberta. Um, it crosses divide many times at high altitude. And so, of course, the, the time to be there is um, from July till September. Um, but with recent years, the years, the weather pattern, then you've got to pay real attention to that. Um, the advice is a small bike um, with knobblies um, and definitely using in reach and, or spot because um, you can be way out of um, uh, cell uh, range. Um, it's mostly um, remote riding and all of the research that I did on this because it's something that's been on my list of to rides for a very long time. Um, as just said, it's, it's fantastic scenery. And you, you see the best of, of 
the United States because of the constant challenging and changing scenery. The length's about um, 2,760 odd miles. And um, the suggestion is that if you're going to stop and look at things as well as do the riding, um, then you need to be allowing yourself a minimum of two weeks, but um, at least three weeks. Um, and your riding skill has got to be um, good because um, some sections of it are um, quite gnarly. Um, there's a, a chap called um, GPS Kevin. So if anybody's thinking, ooh, I kind of fancy this, have a look on ADV Rider and um, hunt out GPS Kevin. Um, he has got so much good information on doing this route. And there's another guy there as well. God, I'm, I'm really trying to remember his name. Um, I think it's Wilso DRZ, sorry, DRZ. Um, and he's put a video from his trip from um, 2016 together for that. And he's done a cracking job with it. Um, I don't think he was an expert um, filmmaker, but I think he has put together his film in such a way that um, he's looking at it from the from the viewer's point of view. So what are they actually going to be interested in? Right, okay, let's slot that in. And it makes very, very good li- um, viewing. So yeah, this is very high on um, my list of, of must rides. And um, it's actually half of um, a route that I would really like to do uh, one heading north to south and the other one heading back up, so south to north. Um, can I talk about that one? Because it is the other half of, of this. Sure. Um, yeah. So this is um, uh, the 89, which runs from the border with Mexico up to um, the border with Can- Canada. Um, I've ridden this a couple of times and absolutely loved it. Um well, I think of these two routes as being um, the best of America because you're seeing so much of it. So um, the US 89 starts in Arizona, um, Utah, Idaho, Wyoming, um, and Montana. And it's about 1,250 miles long. Um, and I think it takes a, at least a week to ride this. I took two and a half weeks the last time I did it just because there are so many things to see along the way. I could easily have spent three weeks doing it. Um, in part because it, you're going to go through seven national parks as you go along. So they've got the Saguaro um, National Park, the Grand Canyon, Glacier, Zion, Bryce, um, Grand Teton, and Yellowstone, and they're all in on this route. And I think the skill level, well, that's anybody. If you've got a motorcycle that's in good condition and, um, yeah, you've got a rubber neck, um, then you're going to love this route. Um, and there are ghost towns and just terrific little side tracks that head off on this. So, yeah, I, I really liked um, the US 89. So is that, a, is that a loop that you've just given us that you're, that you're going to call something? Well, you could. You could because you could do one heading down from the border with Canada and then cut across to the other one and head up to the border of Canada. And you just see so much incredible scenery on this. Um, so that was why I started thinking about it as the being the, the finding America route. Um, if you can, if you can only allow yourself six weeks in the United States, then, and you've got some off-road skills, then, um, do this loop. Um, I think you'll be blown away. Okay. So, and you'll get to see a lot of wildlife through Grand Teton. We did Grand Teton, Grand Teton and, Teton, and yeah. um, Yellowstone, yeah. that ride straight through yep. there. And you see, yeah, you really have to be on the lookout for just a minor bison or something meandering across the road. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And you'll see mountain goats and giraffe. And I, uh, sorry, uh, mountain, more mountain goats. Um, giraffe. Yeah, just, oh, giraffe. Yeah, I didn't realize that. That's good. Oh, no. This, you mean there's no tigers? So this is the Great Continental Divide 89 Loop. Is that what you're calling it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Continental Divide 89 Loop. And and so this fits into our weekend trips at just a, what, 5,000-mile trip, something like that. <laughs> Yeah, I like saying concept of a long weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, three week long weekends. My idea of a long weekend now. That's right. Yeah, well, let's give yourself six weeks for for this yeah, this loop. Plan. Yeah. No, that sounds like a real adventure. Okay, Grant, what's one for you? Right. Well, if we're trying to do a short-ish one, I would say any of the BDR routes. For those who don't know the BDR routes, that's the backcountry discovery routes. There's a dozen of them, roughly. It's changing, and they're adding and combining and doing a bunch of things. It's free GPS tracks, all the information, all the planning tools you can need for each backcountry discovery route. Now, just to be clear, these are off-road, multi-day off-road adventures. Um, They're all really well done. They've all got a video. Sterling Noren does the video, and he does wonderful adventure travel videos. Fantastic. So good. Mm -hmm. He's done some work for us, too. It's just fantastic stuff. So thousands of miles. It's all been written. It's been documented. You can watch the video. You can see what you're getting into, whether it's too difficult for you or too easy or whatever you think. And the important thing is that the land managers in the area understand that this is helping bringing um, traffic, people, tourists to the area, to the small towns that these rides go through. So you're really helping out uh, backcountry America, as it were. So definitely recommend it if you have any interest in riding. You know, they're mostly like three, four, five, six day long rides. Sure, if that sounds like what you're thinking, yeah, check out the backcountry discovery routes at ridebdr.com. Excellent, excellent rides. Okay. Now, I, I, when you started to say BDR, I wasn't sure that was going to fit in. I was thinking that's, that's a general sort of thing. But I, I think you make a really good point there because um, of, of what they put together. And, and also you're talking about them, uh, them making sure that the local landowners or the people in charge of, or maybe even the people in the town, understanding what's involved. They do an amazing job at that. They, they really do. Yeah. At getting the word out about the number of riders that are going to these places, the number of adventure riders. And for everyone, even if you don't ride a BDR, this is a great thing for you because it's the type of thing that makes it, makes the public aware of adventure riding and aware that it is, it is something that a lot of people like to do, and it's a um, a friendly sport. So um, I think it does just incredible things for us. And, and there's other versions of this as you move around. There's there's a European version as well. So um, yep, yeah, yep, that's right. Transgiro Trail. What I've heard, mm-hmm. um, I've had some number of reports about the uh, reception that adventure riders get in some of the small towns, and everybody says it's absolutely fantastic. People love them having them there. Yeah, They're yeah really really that. helpful and friendly. Yeah, no, that's, so that's good. That, that was good, Grant. Thank you. Okay, um, where are we going? Back to Mike. Mike, what's your second one? My second one? Um, well, I think it'd be hard to beat. I'll, I'll call it the Southern Utah Loop. And um, I started in Moab, but you could go south from there and do a big loop. But going from Moab, there's all sorts of camping opportunities everywhere. Um, if you leave Moab, which is easy to get to coming in from Colorado, say from uh, uh, Durango or Natarita or Grand Junction. 
Um, but as soon as you leave Moab, go up 191, uh, you jump across. You can either take I-70 for just a little bit and rejoin a minor roads, uh, or you can take, the, I think it is, uh, I forget the highway name, uh, Old Highway 5 and 50. But you can take that to 24, and that takes you down south to Hanksville. And from there, you can go west and then south again, and you end up down in Kanab. Um, and along the way, you've got so many national parks, so many great places to, to stop. Uh, leaving Moab, you have Canyonlands on the left. You have Arches on the right. Uh, coming back down to Hanksville, nice place to stop and eat there. And then going down, uh, Highway 12 from Torrey, you go past Capitol Reef, Escalante, um, go down to Bryce Canyon. If you do a little jump over, you can go to Zion. And then at the very end of the loop, if you want to go into Arizona, you got the north rim of the Grand Canyon. It's just so hard to beat that whole loop through Utah. Um, that sounds really nice. Yeah, yeah tons of camping places. And, you know, it's it's hard to see everything in the United States. I find I have to skip some things and do other things. But you can do that on that route. You can, if you can't get reservations into Arches, you can go to Canyonlands. Um, you, can, you can stop at any of them or skip some for later. Uh, but yeah, that's just, I think in the whole country, an area to explore that, that Southern Utah loop is hard to beat. Okay. Yeah, that does sound good. Okay. Let's, um, jump back up to Michelle. How many more do you have, Michelle? Uh, let's see. Uh, 72. I'm kidding. My mouth just went all dry there for a second. It's okay. I've got 17 total. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I do actually genuinely have a road for every state, but as far as the best in the nation... Um, I think I'm going to throw one out there. Gosh, it's it's just one of my personal favorites. Um, the Beartooth Pass and Chief Joseph Scenic Byway. Ha. Oh, sorry. No comment. <laughs> okay, awesome. sorry. Sorry, not sorry. It's a team effort yeah. as long as we all get it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so starting in southwestern Montana, you can do one of two ways. Well, obviously, you can kind of connect the dots any number of ways. But in Red Lodge, Montana, the southern border, just uh, shy of Wyoming, you're just outside of Yellowstone National Park. Red Lodge is at a lower elevation. But if you climb up Beartooth Pass, you go above treeline and you're riding at something over 10,000 feet, 10 or 12,000 feet. It is just a spectacular series of switchbacks that climb up this mountain 
Um, and at the top, you cross through Beartooth Pass itself. And a lot of people, and when you get to the top, you're actually, there's a place called the Top of the World Cafe where you can stop and warm up if you need to. And there's a couple choices. You can either go into Cook City and go into Yellowstone National Park, or you can duck kind of uh, to the left or to the southwest and go towards Cody, Wyoming. And that road that you would use to go into Cody is Chief Joseph Scenic Byway. Um and it is a spectacular ride in and of itself. And just as a side note, there are 184 scenic byways designated by the USA Highway Association or Department of Transportation. And so it's a personal wish list of mine to kind of check off as many of those as I can. But this is a really stunningly beautiful one as you're riding back um, towards Cody, Wyoming. So that whole part of the world is gorgeous. You can add in Yellowstone. You can add in other roads in Western Montana and Wyoming. Really, it, wherever you're coming from to get there and wherever you're going afterwards, you can extend that into any length of trip. Um, but if if you can kind of add that in there somewhere, the Beartooth Pass and Chief Joseph Scenic Byway, it's going to make your trip that much more spectacular. 10,964 feet above sea level at Beartooth. Wow. Thank you, Grant. Yes. I appreciate that. Yep. Getting some serious altitude. Yeah. Okay. I pulled over on the side of the road one time. I've ridden it a few times. And when I w pulled over one time, and I'm, of course, wearing all of my heated gear and everything, and I yep. pull over on the side of the road, I'm actually driving through kind of a snowy tunnel. Mm -hmm. And they have the... the um, reflector poles on either side of the road with extensions on them. So these poles stick up into the air like 12, 15 feet. And they're actually covered in snow. So the snow is like 10 feet tall on either side of me and I'm in this tunnel. But there's one spot right on the top where the wind has blown most of the snow across the road and kind of cleared it off. And I look over to my right and on the side of a mountain is a couple of guys doing ice climbing. And this is July. <laughs> <laughs> that's neat. Yeah, it was yeah. beautiful. Wow, that's very neat. Okay. Yep, spectacular oh, spot. Okay. Uh, Shirley? Um, I've only got one more, and it's one that we did do on the um, World Drives rides, and I know other people have, have got this on their list too, and that is the Dalton Highway the, through Alaska. Um, it's challenging but amazing and so well worth it you do need to be equipped or travel with people in a four-wheel drive which we we were reasonably equipped and also traveled with people in a four-wheel drive so they carried lots of food and and other provisions for us we camped above the arctic circle which in itself was an achievement for people who live in australia where it never gets that cold and um, and we made it to to the very top we passed amazing wildlife you travel along the the oil pipeline and the one thing we learned while we were up there is to look for the fireweed plant and when the flowers are starting to die on the fireweed plant it's time to head south because that means winter is coming Mm. But um, we crossed the Attigan Pass on the Great Divide and people had told us there was snow up there, but when we went over it was as clear as a bell, both ways on the way up and back. And it was, um, look, one of those great achievements getting to the top of the world um, because it's um, Prudhoe Bay is in a, um, an oil field. You, you don't have the freedom that you do when you're at the bottom of the world but, you know, we did the tour in the bus and went out there and Brian dropped his pants and waded into the water. 
because the um, the officials wouldn't let him swim, um, and that's one of Brian's penchants, which people who listen regularly will know. But yeah, what? I think the what um, what, what? Um, the Dalton Highway dropping <laughs> dropping your pants, Brian. <laughs> I wasn't going to go after you yeah, soon. Yeah. <laughs> but you go uh-huh. to places like Dead Horse and Cold Foot, and um, we we spent um, we camped at the Marion Creek. Creek campground because camping at the oil camps was um, not so comfortable because the campground was near where all the trucks came in to refuel. And the accommodation at the oil camps is um, silly expensive. But when you get to Prudhoe Bay, you've got no choice but to spend one night at the oil camp. But at Coalfoot, you don't have to stay there. You can go and camp at the Marion Creek, Creek yeah. campground. Yeah. And what happens at the campground stays at the campground. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say because it doesn't get dark, it can get a bit confusing as to how long you have drinks before dinner. Mm. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, there's a guy no, 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 what's the story? Yeah. His tooth is still there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's story. Oh, that's where that story comes from. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, I, I, and look, I, I, I'm the same. I, I just uh, love that challenge of that road and um, talking to a few people that, that service motorbikes up that part of the, road, the world. The number of people that come back with worn-out back brakes uh, because they don't turn off their ABS, um, which... Of course, just grabs the back wheel as you're riding along on um, these uh, rough roads. All you're doing is wearing out your back brake. And um, uh, but yeah, okay, we were on an adventure bike, but there was a guy from I reckon he was Brazil who was riding a Honda Goldwing up there. He had, made it. Had dropped it a few times. <laughs> that little little guy, he made it all the way to Prudhoe Bay and back. Doesn't so, that kind yeah. of take away from you, Brian? I mean, you guys riding up there on your yeah. R twelve hundred, your adventure motorcycle, yeah. your BMW, and then next yeah. thing you know, yeah. a Goldwing. Yeah, we were riding our BMW R eighty GS when we did the Dalton to the top, and when we got there, there were several classic cars there, like nineteen thirty yeah, yeah, yeah. cars. <laughs> <laughs> it's just <What>? embarrassing. <laughs> just embarrassing. Oh yeah, but it's a challenging road, and it's it's it a lot is. of fun. And, and yeah, during I summer, you'll get stuck behind roadworks all the time and you'll get the little pilot car, which will lead you through gravel and mud and slush and goodness knows what else. But that's all just part of it. That's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. A lot of people have said that it was really boring and they hated it and the road was not fun. Oh. There was nothing to see. Oh. And I think they're nuts. <laughs> they're we not saw bears and, oh, yeah, yeah, we saw bears and muskox. And, yeah, we saw these, yeah, you know, yeah. the magnificent muskox. And, yet, you know, you've you got to look because the trees yeah. up there are so stunted. But that's because they, they might be 30, 40 years old, but they're only about a metre high, you know. Well, they're older than that by quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, we did have breakfast at one of the oil camps at Coldfoot, I think, and um, there were some hunters there. Um, and one of them was complaining bitterly because he had um, hunted down some living creature and dissected it and put it in the back of his ute in bits ready to take home to the freezer, and a bear meandered past, and he and his companion got into the truck to avoid the bear, which was a very smart move, and the bear just took a, a haunch of this dead beast out of the back of the, uh, back of the ute. The bear thought it was terrific. Self-serve, take away. 
So, Brian, I, I, I'm not sure what you're doing there. Are you just seconding the Dalton Highway, or do, or do you have another choice? Yeah, I am. I am. You're going to second, but you have to give up Dalton. one of yours to second the Dalton Highway. Remember, that's how it works. So you've got. No, but he'll give up the one he hasn't talked about. No, you there can't do go. that. So if you're going to second it, <laughs> no. and I'm just making this stuff up as we go. <laughs> yeah, I know, Jim. I know you do that. So if Mike, you want to second it, you got to wait and bring something else. We are in. supposed to be. We're supposed to be at our best behavior because we've got a guess. Right. I forgot so, about yeah, that. Yeah, Sorry, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have another one? No, no, that's it for me. Seriously. That's it. You've only given two. <laughs> yeah, but you know, between us we've we've worked out four, well, no, five. No, I, I agree, but what I'm what I'm concerned with here, Brian, I'm concerned that you're gonna hold on to these so tight that you're not gonna want to give them up for anything else that you want a second. <laughs> okay. okay. We'll get to that. All right, that's fine. <laughs> Sam? We never said we'd play fair, Jim. No, and I appreciate that. I like that. It adds to the excitement. Um, I have got a, um, another day route, if I may. Um, yep. One of the things that's interested me is that we've been mentioning Idaho and Montana a fair bit. And um, this route is um, US Route 12, uh, which includes um, the Lolo Pass and um, is often known as the Lewis and Clark Highway. Now, some of the scenery on this is quite spectacular. It's lovely. Um, the road itself, so much of it is um, in good condition and really nice twisties, and it runs um, from Idaho um, into Montana or reverse. So it begins in Greer, Idaho on the west end and ends about 150 miles um, to the east at Fort Fizzle Interpreter Site. And I love that, Fort Fizzle. Where on earth did that come from? Now, it's about 132 miles, so it is only about three hours, but um, I rode it twice. Um, I thought it was so pretty. I rode it in one direction, then turned around and rode it back again. Um, but I think part of what um, drew me to this road is the history that's um, adapted, uh, you know, connected with it, um, because it, it really closely follows the route taken by um, the Lewis and Clark expedition when they were crossing the newly acquired western portion of the country after the 1803 Louisiana Purchase. And I, I don't know how much um, listeners know about that, but um, this was when the United States virtually um, doubled in size because um, a deal done with France, um, in effect, basically just after one particular port um, down in the, um, in the south, um, they didn't realize that they were selling the rights to the whole of the rest of the, you know, half of the rest of the United States or what was to become the United States. And um, if anybody hasn't read the stories about um, Lewis and Clark, then um, the books are absolutely fascinating. And a lot of what happens in the U.S. history now um, is based on what kicked off there on, on that particular trip. So I think it's a combination of the writing and um, the history. I was recommended to write this by my friend Randy Perkins. And for sure, his descriptions uh, lived up to the reality. I love the meandering. And I love the quirky things that you find along the way, such as um, the car graveyard, um, which has got some great vehicles in it. And um, I was impressed with the um, the visitor centre too. It's really well laid out and very informative. Um, a skill level, well, it's asphalt. Um, just be on a bike that likes corners. Okay, and and that's you're calling it. It's just the Lewis and Clark Highway. It's yeah, it's um, route 12, US Route Twelve, Lewis and Clark Highway. Right. Okay. Okay, good. Grant? Well, I'll throw out just for fun a very short one because nobody else is going to vote for it, but I really liked it. <laughs> U.S. Highway 2. 
Nobody's ever even, what, what's the mm. highway to? Yeah, I'm not hearing anything it's, here. No, <laughs> you're not. Um, I rode it from Vancouver to the BMW MOA rally at Loretta Lynn's Ranch in 1981. Way back when, just under 3,000 miles. Did that in three and a half days. And it was just, I really liked the road. It was had a good feel to it, had a nice flow. It kept changing from the mountains to the plains. It just felt really good. So it was a long, long, fast road. Lots of, no traffic. It was amazing. There was almost no traffic. And the best part was I didn't see a single police car. And that was a good thing. Now that was in, like you said, 1981? Yeah. Are you sure the highway's still there? <laughs> probably improved a little bit too. <laughs> and I'll bet you there's more cops there too. No, probably. But it's it's such a back road nowhere. If you want to get across the country quickly, it's it's gorgeous. It's right out in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing spectacular specifically about it, but all along the way, it just feels good. It was just a nice, nice road. I really enjoyed it. And I've always remembered that ride. It was really good. Yeah, that's neat. So I'll throw that out. It's just, just something that people tend to ignore. They, they go farther south or whatever. Two kind of goes across fairly far north through, I think it goes through Minneapolis and down. But a road not to be ignored. So, but my real, my real one that I want to talk about is, of course, the off-road King of Kings, the Trans-America Trail. Fantastic. The TAT, you betcha. Uh, of course, we've got the TCAT in Canada, but we'll talk about that later now. 4,253 miles. Wow. The long way. It takes people at least a month to two months to do it. There is some variations on the route. It starts in the east, usually. I mean, it's designed from the east and heading north, and there's a couple of variations. You can head off in different directions. Um Sam Carrero started it in 1984. He spent 12 years putting it together using only publicly accessible roads and trails. So it's completely legal on all of it. Uh, but of course, you have to be street legal, licensed, insured, all the usual stuff. But uh, the original route starts in t Tennessee, goes through Mississippi, Arkansas, Ozarks, Oklahoma, Colorado, um, oh, New Mexico, Utah, Idaho, and finishes on the Oregon coast. And where it finishes is an absolutely spectacular area. I've ridden through there several times. It's beautiful. So a really nice finish to the route. And there's lots of help. You can download GPS tracks, um, and they can go in different routes. And you can order just pieces of it, whatever you want. There's the Pacific Ocean Spur, the Shadow of the Rockies. It's just a really good off-road way to ride, to do a big ride. If you want to do something spectacular, everybody I know, and I know quite a few people who've done it, just thought it was fantastic. And you, you can vary the difficulty. There's lots of places where, ooh, that looks like a, that's a proper dirt bike instead of my 1200 GS. Maybe I'll take the route around. And that's all documented. It's really, really well done. Sam's done a fantastic job and continues to this day to improve it and make sure it's up to date. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's one that it has to be on the uh, top seven for North America for sure. Mm -hmm. Good choice. In the U.S. especially. Yep, yep. Okay, let's move uh, on to Mike. What do you have, Mike? Well, I would like to suggest an event rather than an area or a ride, and that's the Barber Vintage Festival in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, so the Barber Motorsports Park has got a Grand Prix racing track, 
And uh, on the site is the world's largest motorcycle museum with uh, 1,600 bikes. Um, during the, the Vintage Festival, there'll be 80,000 plus spectators there. Wow. Um, it's kind of a once in a lifetime bucket list event to attend, in my opinion. I've been almost since the beginning every year. Of course, the, with the magazine, we do a big bike show there. So I've got to go every year. But um, yeah, if you've never done it, it's kind of a must do if you're in the, in the, in the United States during October. Um, and, you know, there's the museum could take days to go through just the museum by itself. But during the festival, all weekend long on the track is racing and every kind of racing, sidecars, vintage bikes. Uh, back in the woods, there's trials and cross country. And, um, it, there's bike shows, not just in the museum, but all around the perimeter of the track. Uh, the DJMC does one of the biggest bike shows there. Um, geez, there's... You know, manufacturers giving um, test rides on new bikes. There's a gigantic swap meet area. Um, I mean, it's just got everything. Um, and uh, so I would I would make that my third, I think. Um, it takes a little planning because things fill up around Birmingham well ahead of that event. But if you are in the States during that time and can, can make some plans uh that's one event i think that probably the premier motorcycle event in the country okay well, I, I'll, I'll give it a thumbs up as well i've been lucky enough to book sign there and um i've thoroughly enjoyed it just the sheer mix of things and of course the museum is phenomenal i totally agree with you mike um i spent a day walking around in it and and that was just a quick scurry round, and um, i needed to go back and and um look in in greater detail um, so yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it makes a great destination. So, in other words, what you're saying is any route that gets there, but get there. Exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, the, the maybe the best bike show there is all the bikes parked along the perimeter road all around that track. I mean, it, it, you'll see things there that you'll never see again in your life. It's 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 just an amazing event. The, the year that um, COVID kicked in. I was actually lined up to, to be a marshal on one of the races, and I was so looking forward to that. It was a real privilege. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've been able to ride the track before. It's oh, good pretty man. impressive, yeah. A couple times, actually. So, Mike, the Barber Vintage Festival? Barber Vintage Festival, right. Um, right uh, just on the east side of Birmingham. The museum is there with a glass wall inside it. There's four floors. The glass wall looks onto the track, so while you're in the museum, everybody's racing below you. Uh, it's just spectacular. Okay, well, um, we, we should probably take a break soon, but but let me just sort of recap what we've got here. We've got, um, I won't go through all the, the names of them, but we've got 69, 12, we've got 15, we've got a lot here. Now, so what, what I'm coming to here is, Michelle, you with your 721 and grant with your 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 seventeen or whatever. Um, are there any are there any that need to go in here still? We're talking about the top seven here for the U.S. A lot of the coverage. I don't know. 
it's so hard because I was struggling between maybe throwing in Route 66 because that's a classic. Well, that, yeah, it's, that makes sense. I mean, that's something, mm-hmm. you know, there's the Natchez Trace, the Great River Road, the Lincoln Highway. There's all mm-hmm. these really cool places you can stop in the U.S., the Bonneville Salt Flats, going to the yeah, Harley Museum. Yeah. Uh, Barber yeah. Museum was definitely on my list, but riding up Pikes Peak, that was something that people used to do in the 20s on motorcycles. That's mm-hmm. super cool. Um, Daytona Beach, there's Trail Ridge Road, there's Death Valley, there's just, there's just Monument no Valley. shortage. Yeah, yeah, there's no shortage of great rides. So, but yeah, I don't know. Where do you stop? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people say to me, um, Sam, why do you keep going back to the United States? And I hope they listen to this show because um, they're, they're finding um, all the reasons why, like, well, a good chunk of the reasons why I keep coming back. Another of my favorites is the Great River Road. Mm. Um, you know, starting mm. up in the north on the lakes and working its way right the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. Wow, what a great road this is. 3,000 miles um, running through the history of um, the Mississippi River and so on and so on. Yeah, fabulous. You can spend a lifetime, I think, in, in the States and, and never see everything. And that, I haven't heard anybody mention, maybe it was before I got on the uh, Pacific Coast Highway. I mean, thousands yeah, yeah. along the West Coast. I mean, yeah. it, it's mm-hmm. iconic. Yeah, that was Michelle's yeah. first one. So, uh, so yeah. luckily we've, we've got that one yeah. there. Okay, so why, why, don't we t- why don't we take a break? Take a, take a few minutes here. On the break, you guys think about it. Think if there's any more that need to go in here. Um, maybe we'll just have a, a, a another go at it, and then we'll start narrowing this down. Sound good? That'll be Sounds the hard good. part. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Coffee time. Was this the bit you was this the bit that you said? Um, no, no bad language and no eye gouging or something. <laughs> and, and hair pulling. I said no hair pulling. <laughs> this episode of Adventure Rider Radio Raw is supported by Fresh Tracks. FreshTracks.co.uk. Fresh Tracks works with companies or groups to uh, motivate, inspire, and build communication skills through team building. And they've been doing it for many years with a host of programs to suit any company's requirements. I know that the little bit of work that I've done with team building, I've found very, very powerful. Fresh Tracks works um, with companies like Mars, Pfizer, Comic Relief, many, many more. Again, their website, freshtracks.co.uk. Anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Freshtracks.co.uk. And, and let me just throw in there that the owner of Fresh Tracks is a rider interested in exactly what we're talking about right here. So you know who you're dealing with. Freshtracks.co.uk. Okay, so let's jump back in here. We, we've got a, a bunch of, of suggestions here. But Michelle, when you started to read your list there, I'm thinking you, you've almost sort of given up, you know, because you're reading there's so many great routes. We have to narrow this down to seven. And we have, <laughs> we have a time limit here when, in which we have to do this. So what I'm looking for here are some that definitely need to be in there that you haven't ha- added in. So Michelle, starting with you. Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give one. I think I'm going to say Route 66. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just talk about Route 66. Oh, sure. Um, so Route 66 was one of the original cross-country highways in the United States before the invention of the interstate highway system. And I'm sorry to say I haven't done a lot of research about it. But from my knowledge, it began in Chicago, Illinois, and ended in Santa Monica, California. Um, and it has been abandoned since then. So and by 
um, abandoning. It doesn't mean that the road went away. It just became broken up and, and replaced by interstate system. Some of the sections of the road became part of other state highways, etc. So there, it, there are resources online where you can find a, a pretty close reconstruction to what Route 66 was. And there are a lot of sections of Route 66, especially in Arizona that still exist, and California out in the Mojave Desert, where you can actually find that number of Route 66 painted on the highway, lots of um, memorabilia and signs and things associated with that. And it goes through a lot of small towns. I know out, I've ridden a section from Kingman, Arizona, west into California um, that's just full of these small towns, you know, that really thrived at the time that the highway came through there. And once it was abandoned, those little towns uh, really suffered and kind of became backwater towns, so to speak. But it's it's really made a resurgence with people doing cross-country road trips. It's definitely a, a true Americana experience to ride Route 66. So it it's a great ride. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Route 66. I think a lot of people would say you missed out if you didn't at least bring that up in the list. Yeah, I'm surprised how many people that I get that want to ride Route 66. And I fortunately are somewhat frustrated that it's not a continuous straight road all the way across. You have to do a little bit of research to actually follow it and and you end up a little bit on interstates here and there because it's just plain gone. But uh, there's still lots of it left and a lot of people have really enjoyed their ride on that. Mm. I did hear that um, some sections that have been turned into interstates are now being rebuilt along the side um, in more uh, the traditional yeah. Route 66 style. And I thought, yeah, okay. Because, yeah. I mean, Good. I meet people all the time who want to do Route 66. Um, I've done and there's sections cool of places it. to stay. Yeah, they have old-fashioned motels and yeah. there's mm. little museums and yeah. old-fashioned food places. And that's diners. That, and, it's so true. We've had three friends just go to the States just recent, very recently, and they all want to do Route 66. You know, it's just iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. you know, yeah. Use that. And there's a dragon's tail. You mentioned Pikes Peak. You mentioned all those iconic roads, which are motorcycling roads. And we've sort of concentrated on bigger trips and, and stuff like that. But there's so much to see in the States. I'm with Mike. You know, you can spend – spend um, years there and still not see everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Working at it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Cheryl, do you have another one? Uh, no. I'll just back in Route 66. Okay. We had a lot of fun doing the bits and bobs that we could do of that. Yeah. Brian? The road going across to um, Milwaukee, you know, and parking the BMW outside the Harley Davidson Museum, that really pisses them off. It's great. You know, I love doing that. <laughs> you would. <laughs> and I did. And took the photo. Good. So, Brian, do you have another one to put, to put in? No. Okay. No, look, I think we've mentioned that a hell of a lot. No, I'll leave it there. Okay, that's good. No, that's That's fine. Sam? Last um, chance. Quite a few of the guys mentioned um, other things that I got on my my sheet, so um, no, I'm happy. Okay, good. Grant, I'll toss in just for fun the Death Valley Loop, Las Vegas, Tabiti, down through Furnace Creek Visitor Center, uh, Parump. If I think I'm pronouncing that right, I hope I am. I think that's it. Um, it's a nearly 300 mile loop through. Serious, serious desert, red rocks, moonlight, salt flats, and sand. And, um, 
it's the scenery is just so different from anywhere else, especially for me from from British Columbia here, where we've got nothing but trees everywhere. Uh, it changes. It's a complete change. It's so different, but uh, you do have to be careful. It's it's hot. It's very very hot. You want to ride it early in the morning. Um, carry lots of water. And, you know, just be careful. Don't do stupid when it comes to that really really hot stuff. But it's beautiful, right? Hottest, hottest place in the world, France. Mm. So, so do you think skill level, like what, average or, or high skill? I think anybody can ride it, but you have to be aware of the heat issues. You know, well, that's what I was thinking of with that combined. I wonder if that... Yeah. I, I mean, a complete beginner that really hasn't got a clue about any of this stuff, yeah, they're going to die out there. It's, it's just plain stupid. You can't do that. You really have to understand how to make sure that you are properly hydrated, stay hydrated, um, be aware that when the temperature gets really, really high, you don't open your jacket up and ride in the T-shirt because that will definitely dehydrate you. Um, sometimes you, at certain temperatures, I forget what it is, 105, 110, you have to do up your jacket and keep the wind out because otherwise you get dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that, it, it's not a difficult road to ride in any way. Anybody can can ride the road. It's just the scenery is so different. And there are some great trails um, that loop off the, the route that you're talking about. Mm, so yes. if people want something that's a little bit more challenging or, you know, yep. off the beaten tracks and or do some they can weave those in it as well. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, it's really nice. Okay. Um, Mike, last chance. Uh, well, there's a little area in North Georgia that I think is a spectacular riding area um, between Morganton um, on Highway Georgia Highway 60, down to Suches. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a motorcycle campground there at Suches called Two Wheels Only. Mm-hmm. Um, the road in 60 is nice. And then from Suches, you can take 180, which is known as Wolf Pen Gap Road, northeast to uh, 9, US 19, which eventually becomes Tail of the Dragon if you go far enough north. But from where Wolf Pen Gap joins it, down to Turner's Corner, um, which is on the way to Dahlonega, is a series of really fast, hard corners. And, uh, I mean, this is all like a real technical riding area. But if you like that kind of riding, uh, I think 19-129, that section is for, like, sport bikes. They're higher speed, hard corners. Uh, Wolf Pen Gap is slow corners that really demand you get down to like 25 miles an hour going around them. It's a spectacular riding area. So I'd, I'd see the area around two wheels and such as. Okay. So what do you call it? What would I call that? Uh, Wolfpen Gap, uh, such as Luke, I guess. Wolfpen mm-hmm. Gap. What, and, That's a good name for it. And what is it? Such as? Such as. S-U-C-H-E-S. Such as loop. Okay. And Sam, you've been on this. I've ridden chunks of it. Yeah, very, very nice. Okay. I was really, I'm very happily surprised by um, the riding there is to do um, in that area and across in North Carolina, heading a little bit um, westward. Wow. Um, yeah, just lovely. Hmm. Yep, that's good. Some good riding there. I haven't ridden all of it, but I've ridden some of it. And it's pretty spectacular, right? Well, now we get to the part that's the easy part, really, just narrowing this down to the to only seven. I think we've got 212 here 
to 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 nail down or to whittle That's down. Michelle's fault. Yeah, it is Michelle's it is. fault for sure. I didn't listen. I'm the American. It should be. <laughs> and you you went on. You just gave a huge list. I didn't write all those down, of course. And, and you weren't meaning to have those entered, right? No. Okay. No. So now what we got to do is um, do our seconding, and of, and of course this stage of the process. What you're going to do is find a choice, maybe somebody else's choice, could be yours, but somebody else's choice, and you you second it by giving up one of yours. We remove that from the list. So prepare to have one to sacrifice to second someone else's choice. Now, Michelle, I'm going to start with you and just go through your, your list and see if we can get any seconds, because you chose the Pacific Coast Highway, the Appalachian Chain, or the Appalachian Chain, Beartooth Pass, Chief Joseph Scenic Byway and Route 66 or Route 66 as more properly said for you, of course. So does anyone want to second any of these? I mean, these are, these are good, aren't they? Yep. Yeah. I'll second Pacific Coast. Nice. What are you going to yeah, give up for that, Grant? Pacific Coast too. I'm not giving up anything. Oh, you have to. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yours are the, I'm going to read them backwards because I think you'll give up the, la- the, the last ones first. Death Valley, the Trans-America yeah. Trail, U.S. Highway 2, U.S. Highway 2, yeah. BDR yeah. routes or routes. I'll give up go- on the Death Valley. Really? You're going to keep the Highway 2? Okay. Okay. So no, right. I, may, I may have to go yet. May no, have to no go that's yet. fine. That's fine. So so the, um, the second grant, surely now you've got, uh, you, you want to second this as well. You've got Badlands route the Taylor Highway and the Dalton Highway? Um, I'd probably give up Badlands. Mm. Sorry, Michelle. No, that's okay. okay. Badlands for second. This is, this is quite a chart. Okay, so Pacific Coast Highway, I mean, that's that's obviously, that's that's quite revered. Okay, let's, let's go to the next one then. So um, how about, and I'm going to go on, on again to Michelle's list, the Appalachian Chain. Does anyone want to second that? Beartooth Pass, Chief Joseph By- Scenic Byway. Anyone want to second that? Or Route 66? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll second that one. I haven't ridden Beartooth it, but Pass. it's so high on my list. Yeah, Beartooth Pass and Chief, Chief Joseph. I came so close to it this time. And on yours, Sam, you have Million Dollar Highway, the Great Continental mm-hmm. Divide slash 89, Lewis and Clark Highway. Um, to, mm-hmm. one, uh, is that a loop? No, that's, sorry, the other one's a loop. And then the Great River Road. Mm. I think I'll take off the um, the Lewis and Clark. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I thought you were going to say the Great River Road. Okay. So you sacrificed Lewis and Clark for Bear Tooth Pass slash Chief Joseph Scenic Byway. Okay. Anyone for Route 66? Route 66. Hmm. Interesting. Can't they just go in cause? <laughs> it's, 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 just it's, cause it's, it is. It's, to me, it's not a great ride, but it's iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Honorable Yeah, mention. well that might be that's a probably a really good point. It is it is iconic. I mean, you hear it everywhere, don't you? Hear people talk about it, but if it's not a great ride, then it probably doesn't belong there. Yeah. I I I'll give it up for trading for one of the others that okay. other people have mentioned. Okay. Well, all right. Let, let's so let's um let's go over to Shirley then and look at her list. She already gave up Badland the Badlands route road. I'm really having trouble with this root route thing. Uh, Taylor Highway, Cheryl has, and the Dalton Highway. Does anyone want a second either one of those? 
Uh, I, I like them both. They're my one of my favourite roads. Brian, you only have two roads that you have to say that you have to sacrifice. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I like Texas, so day ride Fredericksburg and looking back, it's really nice. But uh, uh, I know no one cares about my roads. Uh, <laughs> no, we do. I, I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go. Because uh, everyone, it, it, everyone should ride the the Delta at least once. So I'm going to go Delta. You know, if you want to, if you want to have a hoot and a good time, do the Taylor um, out in the middle of nowhere. But don't come off because there's no one out there. But um, the Delton, uh, yeah, is my vote. Okay, and then are you going to give up either Twisted Sisters Road or Big Bend National Park? Give up mm. the National Park. Big Bend. I'll give up Big Bend. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Okay. All right. So we've got a second for that. Not for the Taylor Highway. Okay. So no, let me it. go. Let me go on to Brian's. Brian's got the Twisted Sisters Road. Has anyone else ridden that? Nope. Yeah, that could that could be the downfall, Brian. And I'm not sure that's completely fair, is it? Because yeah, you seem well, very passionate just a little about bit this. Off the wall. You guys need to get out and go south. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've only been through Texas so, once. Well, no, twice. <laughs> no one there wants to go. second that's, this. That's the problem. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll move on from that one then, Sam. Up to Sam. Sam's got the Million Dollar Highway, the Great Continental Divide slash 89 Loop, and the Great River Road. Does anyone want to second any of those three? I'm going to give up Route 66 and go with the Continental Divide Trail because I've done oh, yeah. 800 miles of it and it was, it's amazing. So Sam's on to something. Yep. Nice. Anyone else for any of the others? What were the others again? The Great River Road and the Million Dollar Highway. Million Dollar Highway is pretty high up there. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could we could cheat a little bit because um, you could actually weave the the Million Dollar Highway into. No, no, forget that. I'm rewinding. I give up my Black Skills loop for a Million Dollar Highway, I think. Yeah. Black Hills Loop is kind of a personal thing for me. I don't think in general it's, you know, um, a million dollar highway. Okay. Nice. And the, the Black Hills Loop is the Wolf Pen Gap? No, that's the, the Black Hills and Devil's Tower. The, the Devil's oh, right, Tower right, 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 shortcut, right. I think we called it. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you're giving up that to back the million dollar highway? Yep. Okay. Okay. That brings that one up. Anyone else have anything else to add in there? Great River Road. Nobody's for the Great River River Road. No. Okay. All right. Moving up to Grant's list. Grant has going to the Sun Road, the BDR routes, U.S. Highway Number Two, and Trans America Trail. Does anyone want to second any of those? Uh, what do I have oh, to give fine. up? They're all wonderful. Um, you really don't have much. You've, you've got you've got Beartooth Pass, yeah, um, and that's already been seconded. Seconded. Okay. The Pacific Coast Highway has been seconded, so you don't want to give those up. The right. Appalachian Chain is your only choice. I don't want to give that up. Never mind. I wanted to really support the TAT, but I won't give up the Appalachian Train. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Grant. <laughs> uh, okay, how do I drum up support? There's there's a little bit of money in somebody's back pocket if they want it. You know. <laughs> well, Mike's got gone, some gone. on here. Maybe Mike, you know, you can Sam, convince Sam, Mike Sam. to come over. 
No, I Jim, Jim, can you just read out um, Grant's again, please? Because I wrote down yep. three of them and didn't get the fourth. Going to the Sun Road. Yep. The BDR routes. U.S. Highway number two, which I'm still amazed is there. Yeah. Um, and then the the Transamerica Trail. I'll, right. I'll give up uh, Barber Vintage Festival for Transamerica Trail. Really? Good on you, mate. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's yeah. Okay. That's iconic, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Nice one, Mike. Yeah, I'll give up um, River Road for the Tats. Okay. Ooh, yeah, I think the Tats got to uh, be in there. I do too. Okay. That's good. I didn't, I didn't think of the tat um, until you mentioned it, but okay, that's, that's good. Okay. So that's Grant. I'm going to go back over now with Michelle. We've got the Pacific coast highway. It's been seconded the Appalachian chain. Anyone want to back up that? Okay. So just before we go, just before we go any further, (laughs) I just want to give a last chance for anyone who has something that they wish they had mentioned, but they didn't. Does anyone have that? Well, there's always the Needles Highway, isn't there? And I, I had that on my list, but because we talked about it last last time, well, Shirley um, brought it up last time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, um, it is just spectacular. It's tiny. I was very lucky this this trip. And um, Michelle tour guided me on it. And um, she insisted that I did not leave um, South Dakota without having ridden. In fact, nice. I think that I even remotely suggested I was going to leave without riding it then. Um, I probably would have had flat tires or something like that. Wouldn't I? <laughs> you might have. But, um, she, I mean, she's a great tour guide. She took me around. She was telling me, you know, the history of it and why it's called the Needles Highway and how um, in the past, um, at one stage, the rocks were nearly carved. Come on, Michelle, tell that story. Yeah. So the, it's kind of an interesting thing when um, the developers from Rapid City who invited Boots and Borglum who eventually was the carver and artist behind Mount Rushmore to the area. His initial plan was to start carving up the needle towers, the spires, into different um, people from American history, like Sacagawea, Lewis and Clark, different presidents, lots of different people. And there was a plan to have 60 or 70 full-size body sculptures along Needles Highway carved out of these rock towers. But eventually, they checked the quality of the rock. It wasn't that good. And they landed on designing one mountain, which became Mount Rushmore. So this was back in the 20s and 30s, actually, I think the 30s. Um, So an interesting piece of history. But can I just say, Sam, riding Needles Highway with you was a highlight of my summer. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. No, it was brilliant fun. Yeah. Thank you. That's nice. So is anyone going to second Needles Highway? It sounds very interesting. God. (laughs) I love that road. Yeah, I really like it too, but um, I don't know. I haven't got anything else to give up. I don't think have I. I'm clinging to Utah. Well, you're you're going to give up your Southern Loop. Yep. Okay, for Needles Highway. Okay, well, glad we brought that in. Uh, Now, now I didn't go through Mike's, but Mike has has given up. He's been very generous. He's given up (laughs) three of his four. He is only left with the Wolf Pen Gap. Oh, I, I didn't give up on oh, Utah Loop. No, I thought he said no. he was being Southern Utah. I'm not going to. Yeah. 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 He, he refused. Oh, oh wait. So I, I, miss, I misheard that. Sorry. I thought you were giving up your Utah Loop, so you didn't no. want to give that up. Oh, okay. All right. So were you giving up anything to second the Needles Highway? Not for Needles. I think I was out of them, actually. Well, I, I could. I guess I could give up Wolf Pen Gap. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you have you to decide which one you like better. 
This yeah. is really hard. Yes, I, I just okay. can't, I can't give up Utah, so I'll give up. Uh, okay. All right. That's that's fair. All right. So what have we got here as far as seconded ones? Let me just let me just have a look. We've got the um, no one no one second seconded the going to the Sun Road. Okay. I think because there's too much traffic on it nowadays. Yeah, that mm. is the big flaw. I mean, if you get it at the right time of the year, it's absolutely spectacular. But if you don't, nope, I would I would not do it again. I'd avoid it just in the, if I was going through in the summer. Okay, so here's our. Well, I mean, we are a little bit sneaky here because 89 does take you up there. So the 89 Continental Trail, um, you you could sneak it in there. So going to the sun could come off for somebody. Okay, so just going through the list, the final or the or the getting not final list, but getting down list. <laughs> We've got the Transamerica Trail, which seems to be, you know, revered. We have Million Dollar Highway, Great Continental Divide, 89 Loop, Pacific Coastal Highway, Beartooth Pass, Chief Joseph Scenic Byway, Dalton Highway, and uh, ne- Needles. Oh, no, we didn't get Needles Highway, did we? No. No, no we didn't get Needles. So, so we've got so, six. So we've got six, so we're short one. We haven't had this before. Well, oh, what wacky needles highway? Yeah. You, 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 you want to second that or? Yep. Well, Nothing to give up, but yeah. Yeah, you do. You actually, you have, you have Taylor Highway. You never, you didn't do anything with oh, that. Oh, yeah, you can keep that up. Needles yeah, so Highway that up. is, is um, where you've got the presidents and. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so th- this seemed like it was very easy to wrap up, and I'm kind of glad because the amount of time it takes to do this. So let me just read them through and see if everyone's satisfied with this being the the top or the seven. Let me just make sure I've got this right. The seven wonders of motorcycle travel across the United States, and these are in no particular order. Transamerica Trail, Million Dollar Highway, Great Continental Divide, 89 Loop. Needles Highway, Dalton Highway, and Beartooth Pass slash Chief Joseph Scenic Byway, and the Pacific Coastal Highway. That's our seven. For me. Does anyone see a like a problem with any of those? Are there any in here do you really think, you know, maybe shouldn't be here? Maybe there's something else that 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 should be in its place. I think there's others that could uh, argue that they should be in there, but I think quite easily five or six of these are easily the top. The needles, mm-hmm. I would be a little, eh, maybe not so much. Bear tooth, eh, six or seven. But the others, I think they're mandatory. Yeah, I feel like there's, there's, there's something for everyone. You know, you've got a lot, yeah. of, lot of dirt roads, the Tat, <clears throat> the Dalton. You've got um, the scenic route of the Pacific. With fantastic um, places to stop and, and tour. Needles is a great day Needles ride. Needles is just a great, great, trip. great day ride. I, I reckon it, it covers most things. You know what I might argue uh, would be take out Needles and put in Blue Ridge, Terra Hala, Skyway, etc. Mm. Mm, I'm thinking about Blue taking Needles Ridge. out and putting in Mike's Utah Loop because I've been on a lot of. I, that. I like the sound. Um, yeah, I like the sound yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. As much I mean, as I Needles love the is. Because I'm from yeah. here, obviously, I, I'm with you guys that either 
um, doing something like the the Blue Ridge Parkway, that business. But I have to say, I like Mike's suggestion of Southern Utah. That's amazing mm-hmm. how many national parks you can hit. Um, just sure. the landscape is really special and unique. So those are those are tough decisions. I knew you'd come around. <laughs> <laughs> so Mike, it's your first time on the show. And look at, I mean, you, you're placing. Yeah, this yeah. is great. <laughs> I'll give Mike a vote too. I, I like that that part of the world. And there's nothing too much further south. So we've got to pick one of these two then. Take needles out. Yeah. Okay. So if we do that, we've got the the, the contenders would be Blue Ridge Parkway or the, or Mike's Southern Utah Loop. Southern Utah for me. What, what's the what's the difference in in time wise here for each of those ride time? Wow. Well, Michelle was very optimistic, um, but trying to fit in with you, Jim, <laughs> when she said um, a couple of days. Because, I mean, the ride that she's talking about, um, I'd want to spend a week on. Yeah. <laughs> but how fast mm. could you ride it? I think you could do it in th- two, three days without too much difficulty. Yeah, I wouldn't want to. It's no. 600 miles. Uh, yeah. And 600 miles, I mean, how many hundred miles is um, the Blue Ridge Parkway at 45 miles an hour? Yeah, 469 yeah, that, of it. That mm-hmm. is a problem. <laughs> That's, it's painfully slow. No, it's not. It's wonderfully slow. I really like it because you've got a chance to look sideways at the views and um, yeah. you, you don't hurtle on past the viewpoints before you even realize that they're there. But you're not and also you've that? got an opportunity. And also you've got the opportunity of being aware of the deer. Um, when I was on it um, just a few days back, I had five deer run out in front of me and I missed the fifth one because That's it hesitated. Um, yeah. I missed it by a foot. What about thinking about, you know, landscape and representing what the U.S. has to offer compared to what we have here already? You know, we've got the Pacific Coast Highway and the, and the Beartooth Pass and, and all those. Which one of the Blue Ridge Parkway or the Southern Utah Loop would really, you know, sort of add to the crown of what we've got so far? I think Utah is something different. Because the, as much as I love riding the Appalachian chain, it's more mountains and forest and curvy, which I love. But Utah is just, it's a whole other country. That's what I'm kind of thinking of. I kind of think it seems to be such mm-hmm. in contrast to, to many other areas. Yeah. But that's what we want, isn't it? Contrast. You know, you can fit in everything. No, yeah. and that's, yeah, yeah, that's the point. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm wondering if, if that wouldn't, you know, that's what I was just thinking of. If you th- picture the, the scenery on these two routes, routes, <laughs> um, I'm just thinking that there's something about that, that Utah scenery that is, it's just different. Mm. Yeah. Utah, yeah. I think you different. have so much variety there too. I mean, you could, you could ride a week there or you could do it in two days. You, you have so mm. many choices mm. on the Utah. Yeah. And you have of course, plenty you can of say off-road. Blue Ridge Parkway too. You could take, you could take up a couple weeks to ride it, or you could do it in a few days, you know, so. We're, we're sort of at a bit of an impasse here, aren't we? Because they're actually both very important parts of um, exploring the United States, yet dramatically different to each other. Mm-hmm. Could we, here to throw, just throw out a different idea, we've got the Million Dollar Highway and we've got Beartooth. Now, I could argue that those are somewhat similar, somewhat, mm-hmm. and if we drop one of those, then we have the East Coast with its 
forests and twisty roads. And um, we've got Utah with the other extreme. So you've got mountains and the million dollar, you've got East Coast, and then you've got Utah. That's kind of works for me. Yeah, Mm. I think so. I think that makes sense. So you're saying get rid of Beartooth Pass? Yep. Because the million dollar highway is not that different from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very similar. Okay. Now that was Michelle's suggestion. Sam seconded it. What, what do you think, Sam? Uh, I'm really torn between either of them. And I haven't ridden Beartooth Pass, but it's right close to the top of my, I would really like to ride this. And I was listening to the enthusiasm from the guys that have ridden it. And I'm just thinking, wow, but yeah, wow. million dollar highway is also spectacular. You can still ride Beartooth, Sam. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like you're not allowed to ride this, Sam, after we picked a seven. <laughs> no, 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 no. But it's just very difficult to, to make a mind up. Well, well, Sam, what would you think since you got behind Beartooth? If we give that up, would you, you've, you're freed up to have a vote. Are you okay with that if I withdraw Beartooth? Ah, God, this is really difficult. <laughs> really difficult. It Where's is. that background uh, music we're supposed to have? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is just such dramatic scenery, but I do like the Million Dollar Highway. Um, the, uh, the whole section, not just the, the, the short bit. Um, mm, I'm trying to compare um, the two roads with what we're looking at in other sections. Um, gosh, it's really hard. I think Beartooth and, and um, Joseph probably have to win it. But how do I know that? Because I haven't ridden them. All I know is what I've read about them and what I've been enthusiastically encouraged. So um, can I abdicate on this? No, I can't. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I just carry on holding a conversation with myself about this? <laughs> I'd rather put you under the spotlight. So here's to speak, here's one last like resort. Us. Jim, can we make it the top eight? Well, no, we can't, Michelle, uh, because we then can. we failed. Yes, we can't. Oh, I, no, tr- we I tried it on the World One too. It didn't work <laughs> either. This is eventually a radio rule. It is unscripted. So now here we go. Yeah, eight. no kidding. Eight, <laughs> eight. We're here yeah. for eight. Come on, folks. Yeah, eight. I reckon eight. This, I can't believe yeah. this. This is like a mutiny. <laughs> yes, it is. Hanging <laughs> up on you, Jim. The seven wonders of the motorcycle tra- of motorcycle travel across the United States and a bonus plus one. There <laughs> there <we laughs> plus one. You know, we can just. We could just pretend we can't count. I mean, how many people are going to pick up on this, do you think? Well, that'd be interesting to find out. Yeah. Yeah. I, all of I have an accounting well. degree, so I'm, a, I'm opposed to that. <laughs> Great. Great. We're stuck on this eighth one. And, and you guys, obviously, have, you know, you've overruled me. And, and we're going to have to stick with this eight. So, I mean, what we've got is the seven wonders of motorcycle travel across the United States plus one. <laughs> which we can just put out there and see if, if anyone notices. There we go. Uh, and you're sure you guys, you know, you, you can't think of something. Let, let's just go over the list again, shall we? Just very quickly here. We've got Transamerica Trail. And I, I think everybody's really behind that one. Yeah. Yep. Million Dollar Highway. I know that was seconded by Michelle, Sam, Sam's suggestion. I didn't hear a whole bunch of enthusiasm yeah, about I, that. I'm behind it. Okay. All right. Um, Great Continental Divide slash 89 Loop. Okay. Sounds good to me. Um, yep. Pacific Coastal Highway, right? California One, um, Beartooth Pass, Chief Joseph 
scenic byway, and that's it, right? Dalton, Utah Dalton. Loop. Come on. Dalton, Dalton. Dalton. Dalton Utah Loop. Sorry, the Dalton. The, oh, the Utah Dalton. Loop. And then we've been also talking about that Appalachian chain, but I don't know if that's out of it or not. Yeah, put them all in. Make it nine. <laughs> no, Go for no, the I gusto. Think, I think that makes it eight. No, that is eight. That is eight. That is eight. <laughs> that is eight. Oh, yeah. what, what about needles? <laughs> <laughs> no. Needles, no, no. Needles. no, needles is gone. Needles, needles is history. Yeah. Okay. It's out. Gone. Can't bring it back. Nope, it's gone. <laughs> Absolutely gone. So, so that's what we've got. We, we've got our, we've got our seven, which seems to add up to eight for some reason. I don't know why, because I can't get you guys to stick together on something. But <laughs> so we've stop mustering, Jim. The, the Trans America Trail, the Million Dollar Highway, the Great Continental Divide, eighty nine Loop, Blue Ridge Parkway. Southern Utah Loop, Pacific Coast Highway, Beartooth Pass, and Dalton Highway. Not in any specific order. Yep. yep. Perfect. We've done it. Done. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It's a good representation of, of the possibilities. Yes. Does anyone feel really, you know, sort of, um, I don't know, bad about one we've taken out? Not that we're going to add it back in. I'm just curious. <laughs> no point in getting into that. That'll just cause more consternation. You know, you're probably right, Grant. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. So now that we've done all the work, let's let's get into our plugs, shall we? Because after this, that's when we all go home. Michelle, what do you have for plugs? <laughs> um, well, I had um, last month, the great pleasure of having the chance to meet Tom Medema from Rally for Rangers. Mm. He happened to be in the Black Hills for an event um, for that Revzilla uh, Get On ADV Festival up uh, by Sturgis. And he came through the Southern Black Hills in preparation for an event that Rally for Rangers is doing in September this year here in the Black Hills. So it's a Black Hills rally from September 21st through the 24th. Um, I don't know an awful lot about it, except that in general, Rally for Rangers just does good stuff. I mean, they're good people doing good things. And I'd love to, you know, know more about it. So I myself have asked for more information. I'm looking possibly at signing up for a rally somewhere in the world in the next few years. Oh. That's kind of a bucket list thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um but just getting the chance to meet Tom and to understand more about what Rally for Rangers does. And in essence, I think, you know, listeners know, because I know, Jim, you've had him on the show before. Yeah. Um, but they they invite people to fundraise for trips and they take trips different places in the world, which is actually they're doing a smaller version here in the Black Hills where they buy motorcycles and turn them over to national park rangers to help them patrol their national parks and, and be able to um, do a better job protecting those lands that uh, we want to keep wild and, and uh, enjoy for many years to come. So they're protecting wildlife and protecting the land and, and doing good things. So yeah, Rally for Rangers. And again, that event coming up in September in the Black Hills. And yep. just a wonderful choice there, Michelle. I think it's great what they do. I, I I love the concept of it because what you're doing is you're going to help somebody, but it's an adventure for you at the same time. So, you, you know, you raise the money, you buy your buy the bike and they range the bike if you're going to like Mongolia or something. But yeah. it's just such a neat way to do it, right? I mean, you could go have an adventure, but to do that and make it about something else, like to have a like an alternative motive for it, I, I just think it's amazing. It's a win-win mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We've been supporting so do you have the website? Oh, sorry. Uh, rallyforrangers.org. Okay, perfect. What were you saying, Grant? 
Yep, I was going to add that we've been supporting that the Rally for Rangers for a number of years now. He comes to our Virginia event and puts on a really good show, and lots of uh, people get really excited about it. And the donations have been very, very good. He's been really, really happy with the support he's got from us. Mm. And I just want to add that, yeah, it, it's it's a fantastic thing, and it, it gives you a chance to go to some place like Mongolia, and there's going to be a bike there sitting waiting just for you. Yes, yeah. you pay for it, of course, but you're also doing some wonderful things for the local people. Uh, you're going to meet local people and, you know, they're going to be grateful to you directly because you're handing them a motorcycle that they can support and, and, um, use to support their country and makes the lands better for everybody. It's, uh, it really helps out a lot. I think it's something that, uh, we should really get behind. Thank you, Grant. I will put the, uh, the links, um, for the times that we've had Tom on the show. And into the into the show notes for this. And I'm so sorry. I actually said the website wrong. It's rallyforrangers.org. Oh, okay. Rallyforrangers.org. Right. Yeah, Perfect. sorry. That's good. Okay, so Shirley, what have you got? Um, nothing. <laughs> That's it. You sure? Do you want to look around there and check? You've got a note somewhere? No, 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 no there's nothing there. I would there. like to disappoint you. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I guess Brian doesn't have anything either then, so we'll skip over Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you do. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Brian's always got something. I I think I told you about the uh, Centenary for BMW, um, which uh, will be the 27th of August. I'm not sure if the show notes will be out by then, but that's at Calder Park near Melbourne. Um, The BMW Car Club is putting it on, but there will be – um, iconic motorcycles. I think I mentioned it. I'm taking my R90S down. I'm taking Big Red down. Um, there'll be the um, the first motorcycle produced in 1923. Um, a doctor from up our way has got um, one, and uh, that'll be there. Um, big display of uh, those sorts of things uh, for our little town here of Melbourne in Victoria. Um, that's on the 27th. Um, in September, Friday the 16th of September, I'll be doing the wall-to-wall ride from Melbourne up to Canberra with an overnight stop in Marimbula. For those who are interested, you can get on to walltowallride.com and register for the ride. It's $85 for the ride. All the money goes to Legacies. So um, uh, that's on, on the 16th and on Saturday the 17th. Uh, of September in Canberra, there'll be a a ride. We we block off um, the whole of the main street of Canberra, um, right around our Parliament House and down to our memorial for a little ceremony, and then um, we all go and uh, have a good time and party hard. So that's that's right. one that's coming up um, in October. Um, I some of you might know that I, I sit on a committee. Uh, looking at motorcycle safety um, issues and liaise with government agencies here in Victoria. Um, and it's headed by the Minister for uh, Department of Transport here in Victoria, M- Melissa Horn. Um, we're organising Motorcycle Awareness Month, which thanks to America, you guys have Motorcycle Awareness Month in May. Ours will be in October. Um, we've organised an event on the 1st of October in Fed Square in Melbourne. Uh, we want as many motorcyclists to come into that area as possible. Um, we'll have a, an ambassador who is a mate of mine, Cam Donald, should be there 
Cam's a, a, a Isle of Man TT racer, top top fellow, and uh, he and his wife um, swing sidecars. They have a Vincent HRD sidecar that they they compete with um, uh, in classic uh, motorcycle racing. Um, Cam will be there, and um, the minister will be there. So there's a chance to um, put forward everything that we're trying to do for to improve the safety of motorcycling in our state. So there are my three plugs. Man, I don't know how you manage to do all this stuff, Brian, and then ride as much as you do as well. And wrench. Yeah. <laughs> so there's enough bikes to go do a lot of wrenching. You've got a lot of wow. irons in the fire. It's amazing. Yeah. Imagine if you weren't retired, if you actually had a job. <laughs> yeah, well, that'd be yeah, that'd be right. That'd probably only be the one bike in the shed rather than twelve. Oh, the horrible thought! I'm sorry. I don't want to. I don't want to cause nightmares for you. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> no, I got to change well, the fleet over. I need to get a new, a couple of new challenges. I think. Let's jump over to Mike. Mike, what have you got for a plug? Are you aware what plugs is, or maybe I didn't explain this to you? Oh, I, I know it from listening to the oh, okay. podcast. So. Um, well, we Road Dog Publications got a new release, just came out. Um, I think it's our 28th, I think. But it's called Motorcycles, Minotaurs, and Banjos, which is, I know, kind of an odd name. Um, it's, it's, by, <laughs> it's by Stephen Sherrill. Um, and uh, Stephen is a very accomplished novelist. He's got five novels behind him so far. Uh, one of them um, was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize by Random House. Uh, that's Visits from the Ground, Ground Girl. But um, two of his novels have a protagonist, alter ego of a minotaur placed plopped down in modern times. A uh, minotaur takes a cigarette break, and the minotaur takes his own sweet time. And so in this book, that minotaur character kind of rides along with the author. He uh, he, he leaves Pennsylvania, and uh, he's very much into old-time folk music, especially banjo music. So he gets on his Royal Enfield and rides all through Appalachia, visiting the graves of his banjo heroes from that type of music. Um, and he takes his banjo with him and he does, he has a little rit ritual, uh, the book's about, so the book's about writing in Appalachia. It's about Stephen's past growing up in North Carolina. It's about this alter ego from his uh, novels and it's about folk music. It's, it's a motorcycling book that's a lot different than many others. Uh, when I first read the manuscript, it reminded me of Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. It's got oh, a lot wow. of levels to it. So that's just out. Um, it's available on RoadDogPub.com right now. And uh, if you buy any of our books, if you buy them on the website, that helps me and the authors out more than anywhere else. But, of course, they are available on Amazon and through any bookseller, and both in the UK and in North America. But we all know Amazon takes a massive cut of everybody's books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always best to get it from the uh, from the website if uh, if you can. I think you you said that's to your twenty eighth book. 
I believe so. I think that's wow. 28 now. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. No, that's yeah, great. a massive achievement. Mm-hmm. Sam, over to you. Um, thank you. Well, the first part of my plug <clears throat> is actually more of a thank you to all who have hosted me along the route of the, the, the trip that I've just finished. I've um, had the chance to link up with some great people who've really opened my eyes to their parts of the world and have shown me terrific hospitality. So thank you um, to everybody. Um, I'm not going to mention names, but you know who you are. You're brilliant. Um, and Michelle is one of those. Indeed, she is. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Michelle nursed me back to health. Um, my, my week with Michelle um, made a massive difference because I arrived having lost um, a stone in weight and um, not in a very happy state when I got to Michelle. And by the time I left, I was firing on most cylinders again. So, yeah, thank you, Michelle. Just a data point, Sam. Nobody knows what a stone is except for you. Maybe Grant does. <laughs> really? Okay. Uh, how many pounds no, no, in a stone? Was it 12 or 14? 16? 14 or 16, I thought, yeah. 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 So okay. I lost a huge amount of weight That's within three weight. weeks. And I was, um, yeah, a bit of a mess. But um, mm. Michelle put me right. And as well as tour guiding and hosting other um, overlanders. Yeah, it was, um, it was a very good week with her. So thank you, Michelle. It was. Um, yeah. Um, it's also a thank you to everyone who's hosted and book signing um, and presentation events along my route. And this, I want to include here the people that work so hard to make the events come off so well, um, not only with the dealers themselves, but also there are people like Mark from the Chicago BMW Owners Association and um, Brent, Linda, Al, Mark and Lou, Sean and Louise. Without folks like these, you know, really putting in some, some massive effort for me, they just wouldn't come off so well. But I'd like to thank the different venues, if I may, please, because BMW MRA invited me to come along and book sign and present. And um, they set up the evening with Sam Dinners, which um, seemed to have come off um, really happily. I gather the feedback's pretty good. So thank you, MRA, for your support over this, and particularly Ted Moyer, um, who I'd like to stand up at this moment and take a bow because um, this bloke puts in so much energy to the things that he gets involved with on the behalf of MOA. Um, and he's definitely made my trip um, a better place. So thank you also to everybody at BMW Motorcycles of Detroit, to Windy City in Chicago, Moon Motorsports in Monticello, Minnesota, to Clinton County Motorsports in Ohio, to Kissel's Motorsports in Pennsylvania, and Morton's BMW in Fredericksburg. These have just been such brilliant fun venues, and everybody's pulled out all of the stops for me. And I, I really appreciate the hospitality, the kindness, the enthusiasm, and so on. And it's been fantastic to link up with so many Adventure Rider Radio listeners. It's been an absolutely brilliant opportunity. In fact, I'm sitting here, I'm saying that, and I can see some of the smiles flashing in front of me already. So thanks very much for, for linking up with everybody. Now, there's just two other little bits, if I may. Um, I have got some up-and-coming presentations now. I'm back in the UK. And the first is the BMW Owners Club of UK at their 100 years of um, BMW motorcycle celebration event. And that is um, the 25th to 27th of August. So it's, um, it's, uh, it's a real honor to me to be invited to present at that. And the second one is the Overland event, 
um, the 31st of August to the 3rd of September. And that's just a fantastic event. There's presentations and classes and test rides and book signings and exhibitors and so much more. The atmosphere there is a complete buzz. And I've been outside of the UK for the last couple of years when this has happened. So I've specifically planned um, my travels and other presentations so that I can be back for this. Um, a lot of good people go to that, and I'm really looking forward to linking up with everybody. So um, the BMW Owners Club on the 25th to 27th of August, and then the Overland event 31st of August to the 3rd of September. And that's me. So thank you, everyone. And Sam, like I know you just had this amazing tour. Is it is it anticlimactic coming home now? No, not at all. Uh, it's not because like, you've been out riding your motorcycle, having like an incredible adventure, meeting all kinds of people. And now you just come back home. Well, you're at a wedding. So, I mean, that's got to be up. Yeah, I mean, straight into the wedding. And of course, um, being back with Berg, it's just a big buzz. I, I miss her when I'm out there traveling. And, oh, uh, she let you come back? Yeah. yeah, she let me come back. <laughs> oh, oh, that's she's, nice. She's <laughs> always she really <laughs> what was that you said, Shirley? She hadn't changed the locks. <laughs> no, she hadn't changed the locks. And she came and picked me up from, um, from Heathrow Airport, which is also very nice. And the first thing she said to me was, don't I get a hug then? Because I was busy throwing bags <laughs> in the back of the car. <laughs> <laughs> All business. Good for her. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, it's good to be home. Sam, I, I wanted to ask you about your bike. You had some sort of issue with it, but, but is that it? You just had a mechanical issue and I mean, you know, it stayed on both wheels is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, that's, that's what it was. Um, the bike, it's um, an F800 GS and it's absolutely fantastic. But my R80 GS Libby, she's fairly light in the clutch and um, F800 GS riders will know that the clutch is pretty heavy on it. So I put um, a hydraulic clutch on it with, well, my friend Mark put it on for me. Um, and it's been absolutely fantastic. You can, you can draw that clutch in with your little finger. But after six years of bit on the bike and yeah, fairly heavily used, it's, it started giving me a little bit of grief over a, a week or so. And then um, one day it just decided I'm not working anymore. So I'm sort of heading um, for um, the Soggy Bottom. That's the Kissels event in Pennsylvania. And yeah, well, um, it's, it's a real problem for me to get the spare parts and everything to, together for me able to do that. But um, Sean Thomas and um, Louise Colin Powers, I got in touch with them and because uh, I knew they were going, and, um, full of apologies that I probably wasn't going to make it. And Louise said... Oh well, not a problem. Um, I'm you're in Cincinnati, are you? I said, well, the bike is. I'm just south of there, uh, just north. Um, and she said, well, I'm going to pick up Sean at Columbus Airport, so I'm coming past you. I'll pick you up. We've we've got three bike trailer on the back. We'll pop um, uh, Lucky in there, and uh, we'll take you over to Soggy Bottom. Wow. And then um, she said to me, so what are you going to do after this? So Sean and I were sitting with with Louise and talking about this, and I said, well, actually, I want to go to to Penn Merrill Farm. Um, in Virginia, because I've been given a, an opportunity to to work on her in the uh, workshop, and the spare parts should have arrived by then. And Sean and Louise, oh, good. Um, we're going straight past Pembroke Farm, and we haven't been there yet. We'll drop you off. I mean, what a yes. set of amazing silver linings is that? Yeah. So, what could have been a really messy end to this trip actually ended up to be a collection of wonderful silver linings. I did miss out on spending some time with um, a very good um, friend, Shane, and also with um, Dan Byers. We were going to ride some uh, of Ohio, and he was going to show me some covered bridges and so on, because uh, oh. I've got a real passion for them. 
So those two things very sadly didn't happen. But um, yeah, so what could have been quite a messy end turned out to be something with big smiles. So thank you for asking. Lucky is living up to her name. That she, is she fantastic. Broke down, running down to a big car park. And um, a friend of my friend Brent's could come out and pick her up and store her while I was getting everything organized. And yeah, well, you just heard the rest of the story. And um, yeah, the, the big smile was the last two days I was in the States, um, I got to ride and she was just brilliant to be back on. And she purred every second I was riding. She was loving it too. It threw me off when you said hydraulic clutch when I, when I saw you. I think it was a post you put out. It says something about the, mm. the hydraulic clutch. I thought, your bike doesn't have a hydraulic clutch, but now I know. Mm. You've had uh, you've had a swap there. Wow, that's well, incredible. I mean, you're riding that hundred, so you know how um, heavy that um, clutch can be. But you've probably got a, a left hand like a gorilla, haven't you? By now, <laughs> I, just, I don't know, not really. But I'm, I just I haven't really noticed a problem with pulling the clutch in. Other than like you, you always get in the wintertime, at least if you live in, in a country where it freezes in the wintertime, you don't get to ride. Come spring, you need to work out a bit with the the hand to get it used to pulling mm-hmm. the clutch in. But I mean, that's been with any bike. But I haven't really noticed anything with mine as far as that goes. But but it sounds like you had an amazing trip. And I was just going to say that for those who went and saw you, maybe didn't take that opportunity to grab a book, they can go to sam-manicom.com and get a book, which I would be highly advised to do. And I would be very grateful. It's people who buy books and um, the T-shirts and so on that um, keep me on the road bouncing around and sharing the stories and so on. So, um Thank you. Yeah, well, the books are, are well worth the money. There's, there's no doubt about that. Great reads, all of them. Let's um, move over to Grant. Grant, what have you got? Well, we just finished the Can West Travelers Meeting in the tiny little village of Nacusp here in British Columbia. And we had a really good turnout. People were just loving it. I mean, it was, you know, at, we had a, an event there last year. And people were still a little timid about COVID. Yeah, and I fully understand that. I was very timid myself. Um, but the turnout we had this year was great. And everybody was just loving it. Just, it was so good. We had perfect weather. Other than the Wednesday setup day when it absolutely bucketed down on us. It was unbelievable rain. It felt like a tropical downpour. It was amazing. But uh, no, we had a good time. Lots of people. And it kind of set us up for the events we have coming up. So if you haven't been to an HU meeting or you have been and it's been a while, it's time to get started and get out to some of our European meetings. Unfortunately, there's no more North American meetings. We're done for the year, but Virginia and CanWest 24, well, get those on your calendar. Um, How about Ecuador? September 8 to 9. Ecuador is in a wonderful location. They're talking about a ride down to the Amazon rainforest from, from Ecuador. So that should be something mm. interesting. And back in the UK, we have a mini-meeting coming up. This will be the second year for the mini-meeting. Glenn Roberts is organizing it again, September 8th to 10. And Glenn's the guy that kind of, he didn't quite start the events because the first one was at our uh, backyard in Slough when we were leaving the UK. But he's the guy that took up the banner and, kept it going the following year and ran it for a number of years in the UK. So that should be a fun event. Just a little one. It's free. There's no charge. Just show up, have a good time and uh, get to that one. That should be good. Sam, Derbyshire, Matlock, go for it. Uh, Absolutely. It is on my calendar. If I'm in the UK, then I'm definitely going to that. 
I wasn't in the UK last year when it happened for the first time, and I was I was really disappointed. I saw so much good feedback about it. It Derbyshire yep. is just a beautiful part of the country. Oh, it is. It's great. Uh, I miss it myself, quite frankly. However, I'm stuck here in no, misery. Yeah, well, I'm looking out at the sun coming out and the mountains in the background. Yeah, I'm okay. Oh, stop the whining. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but if you want to go to an event on the continent, um, we've got France, September 15, and the weekend right after that, you can do two in a row, is Austria, the new one this year, September 21 to 24, in a beautiful location in the Austrian mountains. That should be good. And, of course, there's always... The diehards go to Germany in the autumn, November 2 to 5. They're mm. tough. I give them a mm. lot of credit for that one. And you say you have two in Germany every year? Two in Germany. There's one in the spring and one in the fall. Yeah, that's yep. great. So it works out pretty well. You always have one to go to. There's always something. And now, of course, we've got uh, Switzerland, Romania, France, Austria, and two Germany. That's a pretty good coverage for Europe. Mm. There's always yeah. something. Get to one of them. You'll enjoy it. And horizonsunlimited.com forward slash events. Perfect. Is the website. <laughs> I think I've done it before. I think so. Hey, Mike, I just wanted to say thank you very much for coming on. I, I hope you enjoyed being here. I know it was a little bit hectic today <laughs> with, with, with what we're doing, but um, thank you very much. We, we really appreciated having you on. Thank yeah. you. Good to have you with us. Thank yes. you. Too right. Yeah, yeah, too right. Good and great you, road suggestions too, Mike. Thank you. Yes. Thank mm -hmm. you. Yep, that's a very good point. Yep. Well, that's fantastic. We've done it once again. We've got the seven, eight, seven, eight, seven <laughs> plus one. I don't know. We've got something. We've got something. And and is, we have if, the if best listener, roads. Yeah, right. We have the seven best roads, unless listeners can count. <laughs> and then there might be more. So there you go. That that wraps it up. Thank you very much, everyone. That was a lot of fun. I just loved it. Great. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Yep. See you all next time. Thanks, everybody. Great job. Cheers. Cheers. Well, that wraps things up for this month's ARR Raw. And thank you to my co-host, Sam Manicom, starting with Sam Manicom. He lives in the UK. He's got four books and audiobooks that follow his eight-year motorcycle journey around the world. His website, sam-manicom.com. Shirley Hardy Ricks and Brian Ricks are from Australia. They also have published their own books on motorcycle travel. You can buy them wherever you get eBooks at their website, aussiesoverland.com.au. Michelle Lampfair is a moto traveler that also has a couple of great moto travel books, The Butterfly Route and Tips for Traveling Overland in Latin America. Both of those titles available on Amazon. As well, she has a motel for us motorcyclists and anyone else called the Chalet Motel. You can find out more about that at chaletmotelcuster.com. And of course, Grant Johnson is from Horizons Unlimited, which is the hub, literally, for our adventure motorcycling community. Horizons Unlimited has tons of up-to-date travel information, as well as a huge forum of dedicated travelers that connect you with other travelers. They also put on the hub meets around the world. You can see a worldwide list of hub meets at their website, horizonsunlimited.com. And our guest today was Mike Fitterling from Road Dog Publications. He publishes, well, motorcycle books about adventure travel, all kinds of things. Drop by his website at roaddogpub.com. Thank you, Mike. Special thanks to our producer, Elizabeth Martin. My name is Jim Martin. Thank you for listening. Join us again next time. Oh, and don't forget, if you want to get uh, your question or a topic suggestion in here, drop by our website. You can also look at the show notes. I have some more information in here, adventureriderradio.com. Thank you.